0: to another episode another dream-like episode if you will of the fake nerd podcast i am of course brandon t mcclure joined by my good friends in all the world ben magnet hi sparks witty
1: boy yeah howdy i am
0: living in a dream right now i'm living the
2: dream dream. baby
0: and ryan pause for dramatic effect iliopolis
2: it's me i'm answering sandman
0: uh we're here to talk about a whole bunch of stuff we got we got we got we got stuff we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about such as a review of the new netflix movie that they tried to bury slumberland it we didn't get it we didn't let it get buried we watched it we watched it for you hey it
2: says it's in the top 10 and who knows who knows what that actually means for netflix because it's not trending but it's on the top 10
1: so i saw
0: that
2: i don't know if they like let it get buried is the term or they
1: just don't Don't market it anymore they market it and then they stop
0: yeah there was yeah. a, we talked about it, like the trailer dropped like a month ago that we all completely missed and then all of a sudden like the movie's here and I'm like oh okay
2: and it's and it's an expensive movie too so it's just like they just don't care about throwing away a hundred million dollars. Uh, right. uh, someone just shared the report recently that like Warrior Nun Two,
1: uh, Season Two had like massive rating surge despite a marketing budget of zero. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'll still cancel it. Uh, all right. So before we get into all the fun stuff that you're here for, let's get into some of the nitty gritty stuff that we did over the week, such as some links. We have links, guys. Links are in the description, as always. You can find them in the description just below this screen here. You can find them. He got, he got
3: well, me. if there's links, then there's Zelda's too, right? No, I like what Sparks did better because he Aww. actually looked
0: down. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, of course, you can find my screen rent <laughs> work. Um, I did a list that was really convoluted. But- <laughs> Kind of happy I got to do it, which is um, um every MCU sequel uh, that I dropped so far. Um, you know, Wakanda Forever, Ant Man of the Wasp, Iron Man Two, Thor of the Dark World. You'd be surprised what ended up on the top. Um, actually, I was I was pleasantly surprised.
1: Was this a ranked by something?
0: Rotten Tomatoes. Got you. Yeah, uh, Ant Man of the Wasp was was close to the top. I don't remember if that was the top, but like Ant Man of the Wasp was like top three. I was like, oh, good for you, Ant Man of the Wasp some people just know yeah some people just are. know yeah
1: based on the Rotten Tomatoes critic score for today's film um I think that maybe it's time to just be done with
0: <laughs> critic critic scores really I think it's time to be done with audience scores and then we also have to take a class on what the critic scores really mean no because with this movie it has like a 30 percent
2: on Rotten Tomatoes and is I don't it believe
0: 30 now it. it was 45 last I checked it's, yeah oh, it's, it's bad. The
2: yeah yeah wow. so like I can't trust anyone
1: anymore <laughs> i don't believe in the system yeah and the system doesn't believe in me all
0: right well maybe the maybe i feel pretty good about this review now um you can also check out my link i have a link below um for a article that i put up on kaiju dot which was a news article um that talked about something that was kind of not seen a lot in american media there was um There was a report that a old animated show, old in '97, um, an uh, older animated show uh, uh, of Godzilla would be dropping on the uh, official Godzilla YouTube page, much like they're doing with the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Um, These like three-minute shorts that aired were very popular in Japan. We got it a couple of years ago temporarily. It was Mm. really limited. Now we're getting it kind of permanently. For those of you who don't know, this is a show where they used toys made by Bandai, and 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 I think it's stop motion or puppetry, but like those are the Godzillas, then are the other the monsters, and they're all on Monster not, Island.
1: It's, it's not that sophisticated. It's literally like a hand is turning the toys, <laughs> yes, and and like from under the the building, and so it's just it's literally what you would do. <laughs>
0: at home. Well, it's now available on the on the on the Godzilla YouTube page for all of you guys Godzilla purists who want to see like everything. But they have but they have like real live
1: actors playing the people who are like operating on the island like observing the mm-hmm, monsters mm-hmm. and so you'll cut into their office every once in a while and they'll be like look at what he's doing and it'll be like my Godzilla toy going like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so it's and because of that it is technically classified as an animated TV show fun fact um <laughs> technically um i also um just finished up my my things i also guest starred on a podcast uh a friend of mine andy palestides um who i interviewed for a conversation last year um he does a show called the great derelict um we finally figured out a topic for me to come on to and we did and that was a lot of fun i recorded that a couple weeks ago and it dropped this week so you can check that out I talk about something that I've been thinking a lot about, which is the abstract nature of what exactly a post-money society looks like and why nobody quite why I believe that nobody gets it right. Because I have this, I have a feeling, and not a blanket statement. I'm sure uh, I'm sure people can, but I think that there's a lot of people who grew up in a capitalistic society that are writing Star Trek, that are that are projecting capitalistic selfishness onto what Star Trek was meant to be, which is a completely selfless uh, society. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us, again not blanket I'm just kind of using like the Royal us um, to visualize what that could possibly be because of the society we have grown up with. So I talked about that and kind of like why I think like the Orville had a, had an interesting uh, interpretation of it this last season but maybe also got it wrong. Um, why some of the new modern Star Trek writers kind of fall into the trap of trying to explain it, but they do it again badly. That was a lot of fun. I really liked doing that. I really like talking about that that topic. Um, and that's not like a. By the way, it's not a, like a, an issue I have with uh, modern Star Trek. I like a lot of it. But like, when they try to do like, Picard has a vineyard and someone else is living in some trailer in the desert, and she's like, "You have your vineyard," blah blah blah, and you're like, "But also, you could have a vineyard." What are you doing? <laughs> I, think, I think part of
1: the reason, just to comment on it real quick, I think yeah. part of the reason why that happens, because I was thinking about it when you posted about it, uh, is you can't... It's very difficult to increase diverse representation that feels authentic mm-hmm. without acknowledging a wage gap, mm-hmm. right? And I think that you could make the argument that Star Trek could be a place where we could be utopic about it and not... Have to bring in the real world uh, separations that are caused by inequity. Yeah. But if you do that, then you have to significantly boost the amount of diverse representation in your lead characters.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, it's just a lot of white people living the good life. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And and so I think that it's like some amount of trying to want to reach that audience so they find something relatable. And you can't you can't relate poverty mm-hmm. or the struggle without it existing so that's i i think you're right that it is like how do you speak to people who have to live and suffer in a capitalistic society about a utopic society in a way where they feel like they're part they're able to relate and connect with it
0: yeah um there's a very good that's a very good way of putting it um i i felt like the kind of like the tng voyager era specifically doesn't touch earth um for this very reason because they didn't want to have to deal with like what what does earth actually look like? Like you've got replicators in every home. So clearly there's no food, food shortage. Why are there restaurants? Why are there waiters? Like things like that. They don't touch on that because they didn't want to deal with it. Modern Star Trek is doing a lot of it. And I'm thinking, and like, they're falling into like the trap of like, well, actually it's kind of like ours. And we're, and a, a lot of people are raising their hands being like, actually not, it's not supposed to be. Um, but it was a good talk. Andy had a really good point that like, Human nature is to like reject paradise, and so that's why there's so many so many colonies out in the edge of space where humans have left Earth um, uh, to live a more kind of like rural lifestyle. And I thought that was a really good point. Um, Yeah, it was a a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend listening to it just because it was a great time. Lovely, Ben.
3: It's you have you have two podcasts in the description below. I do. Wait, two of them. What's the first one? d and dark oh yeah of course that's the that's one of them yeah so latest episode of d and dark dropped this week uh this episode is really fun because it's a big boss fight so it's a huge boss fight definitely go check it out and it was wait a minute
1: wait a minute wait a minute last week when you said i can't say if the next episode is a huge boss fight or not you just you just totally told on yourself didn't you you lied
2: but the episode's
0: out now. God Something. damn got away with it. God damn. Sneaky sneaky. Uh who could have known? Who could have <laughs> known? Who could have known? <laughs> who could have known? Well, Ben, your latest episode. That's episode five of D and Dark. Uh yep. the first season of D and Dark. That is in the description below. You could check that out. That is audio. Your second podcast, if I'm right, only exists in a video format, correct? I could not find an audio version of it.
3: Which one are you talking about?
0: Lack of genius uh movie oh
3: right yes lack of genius movie club that dropped yes that only exists in video we're not doing audio um that is just me kevin john and Alyssa. she was also a guest on lack of genius podcast and we just sit around and talk about a movie for about an hour and this time we talked about star trek 2 the wrath of khan which was fun to talk about
0: now ben Mm -hmm. why didn't you invite me
1: you were busy Uh, on another one
0: (laughs) you're right yeah (laughs) yeah you were busy Um, yeah, uh, that's really cool. Then I uh, love seeing you do more stuff. So both. Of I those, did mention. Like... I
3: nope. did mention you, by the way. Oh, I'm flattered. Yeah, because you're the one who first showed me Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. That's true. For this show, I think. No, we were in college, and you showed me Star Trek
0: Two. Well, I'll just show everybody Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Who cares? Yeah, um, it's a good movie. Sparks, have I shown you Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan? You wouldn't watch it. You got to watch the first couple.
1: I have. I have a lot of Star Trek to watch.
0: Uh, all right, what, so that's what,
1: what show did you guest on this week?
0: <laughs>
2: My bed over there?
0: I don't know, man. Um, so those so you, those. For you both. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So you can check those links out in the description below. Uh, as well as uh two episodes of Fake Nerds Watch. There is the penultimate episode of our Andor discussion, uh seven through ten, right?
1: True.
0: Yes. Um, where we talk about the kind of the the third arc of Andor, the prison. The Prison arc. Um, hey guys, spoiler alert, that show's really good. We're really enjoying it. Check out that discussion. Uh, one also, more
2: wait. if you don't have Disney Plus and you have FX, Hulu, Freeform, what's the other one?
0: It's <laughs> one of
2: the other um, ones, um, uh, uh, ABC, ABC, <sighs> andor is preparing two episodes for free for any of those stations. So, uh, watch it, you, you dorks.
0: No excuse, <laughs> they're re- they re- they really want you to watch Andor, and you know what? So, do we.
3: Yeah, because Andor's really
0: flipping good. And your final episode of House of the Dragon
2: yeah. dropped. Is that all this week? That was this week. Yeah, long week. Yeah, a, the the hot D is over. No more hot D.
3: The the House of D's is now cold.
0: Yeah, not a cold D. The <laughs> cold D. Um, a cold so D. for now, of course, there will be a a second season. I assume as we're saying. Oh here? yeah, it's going to be for for many more years. Cool. Uh, At so least you can four. yeah. So you can find uh you can find those links all those links that I mentioned before you can find those links below. Uh we work really hard. We really want you guys to check those things out. Um yeah, there you go. Who wants to go first think, of their week? I will advocate. I
1: think both of those are great discussions. Yeah. Uh hi if you're watching those shows you should hear us talk about those. We're very passionate about both of them.
2: Oh yeah. Good cool. season of televisions. Yeah. I agree.
0: Who wants to go first of their week?
1: I'll go. Hell yeah. Do it. I had a really great uh Jesus, this was long leading. I had a really great um, time where in my class, as I've talked about, there's a class, we have people come, they work on movies and they talk about the movies they worked on. Well, I had the uh, production designer and sec decorator from Everything Everywhere All at Once. And also, they were also the same team, they're a married couple now, um, who worked on Swiss Army Man. I like that movie. Uh, and they were really great. Really, really enjoyed them. Um, I don't have anything, any specific details to, that I think are super, oh, um, hmm. Everything, everywhere, all ones. Uh, uh, I'm not going to be too spoilery for anyone who hasn't seen the greatest film of the year, um, but you should. Uh, I, I learned a little bit about, um, so Jamie Lee Curtis's character, um, it was very important to her because she. this was the set decorator talking. Um, she really needed to know what her office space had to kind of form mentally who this person was. And when she had all her goodies, the first day she got to there, she spent like an hour and a half organizing exactly how the desk was supposed to look for this character. And then when she was done, she had the character. Interesting. Right. Uh, which I think is just cool. It's just a cool detail. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, everybody was super wonderful on that on that shoot um swiss army man great movie loved watching it again it had been a while uh i think it's really good um that was like the most grueling shoot of their lives they talked about uh because they were always chasing the light because so much of it was shot in the woods mm-hmm. right um paul Dano's awesome yeah he is anyway that's uh that's pretty much all i had. like daniels are cool swiss army man um everything everywhere all at once go check those out it's a good movie Good movie They also worked on another movie that was not by the Daniels that we like, and for the life of me, I, I can't remember it right now. But I remember them saying it, and I'm like, man, we all love that movie. <laughs> <I can't, laughs> at, least, at least it's a positive resume. Uh, um, we're watching a little bit more Midnight Club. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. We're not we're not finished, but we're getting there. And we? I have <laughs> yeah, we five. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Five. Um, we're it's great. I think we finished episode six. Maybe. So the next one is seven? Maybe. That sounds right. Um, yeah. So uh, it's another Mike Flanagan project that's fantastic, wow. and I highly recommend people watch it. Um, I think all of these these young youths on the show, I think they're all quite good. Yeah. Um, I, I very much enjoy all of them. I think they've done some really impressive storytelling. There was some stuff in the the last batch of episodes that we watched this week that just emotionally was really working for me, Really, really jamming with it. Yeah. Um is
0: the, yeah, it, it, I'm is the movie you're thinking about ah, Palm Springs. I'm sorry? It's the movie you're thinking about Palm Springs.
2: Yes, thank you. It was Palm Springs. They both worked on Palm Springs. Palm Springs is a great movie. Uh yeah. Yeah, uh Midnight Club's great. Um uh uh again, this is maybe the first time someone's listening to this podcast. Midnight Club is an is a show about uh terminally ill teenagers or or young adults living in a place in the 90s. Uh every every day at midnight they tell ghost stories. So every episode there's a new ghost story featuring the actors. That are in in the show like playing versions. So the stories in the stories every single episode. So just having a new a new ghost story every episode is really fun, really inventive. Some are just straight up comedies. Uh, Like the detective one is really really good, but it's also really really scary. Um, Like again, like Mike Flanagan, just like I don't know if there's a better TV like horror horror like director around. Uh, uh, That's like every single he's made four shows now that are like that are like that are incredible top tier. Yeah, Um, and he's not stopping. So like. Um, yeah midnight club's awesome he's like
1: he's like the good side of the coin from um ryan murphy making american horror story like Mm -hmm. he's doing anthological television that's totally these separate kinds of things but he's bringing a lot of the same actors around in different roles yeah and he's just
2: better at it by miles Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm I, i think everything he's done has been incredible i'm i'm curious like like what his magnum opus will be, because like he's everything he's made has been incredible. But I'm like, man, like you're building. To, I mean, like, if he could, if he could, it would be the Dark tower. tower. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe that will be it. Maybe maybe the dreams will collide, like in Slumberland, and will that will happen? Um, yeah, the dude's a like a, a genius for real. Love him, love it.
1: Uh, I had a couple of other small things, but um, none of them do. I think I need to devote a lot of time talking to some of them are shows that I'm not done watching and I don't have enough to say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So all I'll talk about and I'm sure you'll talk about is that last night we went and saw the second to last performance of Elton John stateside. And um, that was super incredible and super emotional. Yeah.
2: And we loved it. Yeah. I, my beautiful friend Sparks here, he was like, Hey, we're going to go see Elton John and you're going to go with us. And I'm like, cool. This was like a year ago. So like Mm -hmm. every, every like three or four months I'm reminded like, Oh, I'm going to go see Elton John. It's like February. And then like it's the weekend. Like, hey, we're gonna go see Elton John. Don't forget. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, and then like the first song he plays is Danny of and I just start weeping, literally, just start weeping. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. This is unbelievable. So uh, magical experience. Uh, uh, couldn't couldn't be happier. Some guy next to us said he's British. <laughs> <laughs> <Really funny. laughs> and then His buddy
1: was like, yeah, Sir Elton John. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't see the movie clearly. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, you know he, he's just he's still incredible, seventy five years old and like those are two hour nonstop performance basically. And like and like his voice has changed with age,
1: but it doesn't change the fact that he's still incredible with his voice, uh, just beautiful. And yeah. the things he was doing with the piano sometimes like and he had an incredible band. Elton John's amazing guys. What a, what a what an experience. Yeah, um, I have a
0: really. I have a small little anecdote about Elton John. Um, I'm like the only one who seems to remember fondly like really fondly the song that he wrote for the road to el dorado a lot of people don't know that he did that
1: i remember that I and i'm like
0: <laughs> and i love that song like i think that song's great and like i don't think there's a bad song that elton john has written quite honestly that i've heard and so and and that like that's that's uh that that included and so like everyone's like oh he did the el- road to el dorado i'm like yeah it's a good song
2: it's not as famous as these as other bigger animated movie, but yeah. Can right. nice. you feel it Can you
0: feel it.
1: Mag also saw Elton John uh, on Thursday. We were spiritually there days later. Uh, yeah. Mag, I hope you had an incredible time. I'm oh, sure yeah. you did. We had an incredible time. Elton John's
2: amazing. Yeah. Um, I got to see fake Dua Lipa. Just absolutely thrilled. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they mentioned that, that Dua is going to be performing tonight. They
1: accidentally played the announcement from the night's final performance for him stateside. And so they announced all these guests who were not actually
2: there. So the song is because Dua Lipa has a song with Alan John Uh, and he's like, Dua Lipa! And then she shows up on the monitor and I'm like, oh. (laughs) Oh, That's how I (laughs) expected. It was a little bit, it was, a little, it was, it was just really It funny. was a little
1: bit, yeah, I think it was the only note of, like, the concert that dipped a little. Yeah. Just because, like, and he was clearly, like, also kind of catching his breath. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, it was him, it was basically him and none of the live musicians playing because it's just the beat <laughs> of the song. And so he's singing live with it, but then it's just the monitor to Alipa and the, the electronic music. And I'm like, oh, okay. They can get away it for one performance, I'm sorry.
3: He's just sitting nobody there, going, would, "Okay, I could, I could, I could catch my breath for Rocket gave, Man." Okay, nobody gave a shit. Yeah, what then? No, that that part, J- Ellen Jones is like, "Okay, I could catch my breath and get ready for the for the for Rocket Man Saturday nights." All right, I can, I can do this.
2: <laughs> I just dropped some stuff. It's okay.
3: <laughs> um, was it. books, down. books down.
1: Books uh, down. Definitely made me want to watch the incredible film Rocket Man, which was robbed at the Oscars. I will never forgive the Academy w- Awards. I will never forgive Bohemian Rhapsody um but uh i i just so thrilled so thrilled for him so thrilled for the performance um how passionate he was about wanting to end his stateside tour at dodger stadium because of how important it was as a locale for him being in los angeles and he
2: very moving he put on like the same the same dodger glitter uh uh, shirt and cap from like 40 years ago. he put on a new robe and he he
1: put on a new robe uh, that was for the Dodgers. It was awesome. Um, good time, good time. And he, you know, he tells all the fans that like, you, you, I, I will remember all of you fondly. You live in my heart, my soul. And we're all like, Elton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, good week, good week. Um, I also did some stuff with some other people um, at one point. You did some birthdays were had, I guess. Oh, that's weird. Uh, Penny I, I I won't say too much about it. Um, no, no. I don't I don't I don't want to like showboat about cool people having birthdays
2: so um i'll pass it off to whoever wants to go next i'll go next go ahead i um i speaking of this guy falling off my, my dresser i beat god of war that's a very very good game can't wait to talk about it with y'all in seven months um i read all of ta-nehisi coats Bla- uh, black panther all of ta-nehisi coats captain america run over the last couple of days it's, a, it's only 30 issues which is which is a lot but uh, over the couple of days it's not so bad that runs incredible that's a great run um man we all read back when we also re- read a lot of comics together we read secret empire the the mm-hmm. evil cap run well what happens to your country when most of the people living in it think that you are you are evil captain america so they don't trust captain america anymore and there is an entire it's awesome because it leans so totally into into the politics of today of the right wing of you know of, of the, the trump america of like what what being a man means uh and the villain of it is selene who's an x-men villain who's a five thousand year old immortal vampire uh so her teaming up with hydra also teaming up with kingpin also teaming up with ezekiel stain of Ab- abadiah son like all this huge cabal and like the russians are involved and it's like a big political thing but also vampires are involved um it's great it's incredible um some really, really, really compelling stuff. Like there's the Daughters of Liberty, which are just like a like a girl group of superheroes who come up. Um, it's just a really great story. Uh, it's gonna make me go back and read his Black Panther run because a lot of stuff from his Black Panther run feeds into this story, which which makes sense. That's what you do as a, as a creator. Um, so yeah, really love that. Uh, I did God of War. I did that. I saw Elton John. Um, man. Oh, um, Evil Dead the video game is free on Epic Game Store. So I played a couple hours of that. Uh, that game is awesome. Uh, I mostly only play it as the Condarian demon because I don't generally like playing multiplayer games by myself because I don't want to talk to randos and communicating to randos and like I don't want to do that. So I just played as a demon. and I killed a bunch of people, and that game is hella fun. Oh my gosh, like it is just you—you you are the camera zooming around. You're possessing trees. You're possessing zombies. Uh, you're setting up scare traps. Uh, dogs go crazy when you play it. Um, I had a really good time uh, playing that game. Uh, I enjoyed it so much. I probably shouldn't have, but I did anyway. I saw it was on sale on the PlayStation Store, so I bought it on PS5, because I'm like, this doesn't really run great on my PC. <laughs> um, I, I, It runs great for it being free, but I was like, 20 bucks, I really like this game, so I spent 20 bucks, and now I'm playing it on PS5. Um, One day we will play that together, as we will many, many other games we have planned, but yeah, Evil Dead, that's a good one. That's a That's a good game. Um, I love Very, playing as Evil Ab, and he can summon evil, evil skeleton men and there's like a little Pied Piper. He's like, that's so new. good! Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad. And when you summon him, he makes all your other skeletons stronger. So I'm like, of course I'm summoning my Flute Master. Of course. What we're saying is, check out Basement Arcade where we play Evil to the Cave next year. I how you're gonna say something,
0: I, I'm just really happy to see hear hear it because, like, you know, we were all hopeful that it would be a good one, uh, yeah. but you know, you never know. You never. Know. Uh, yeah. That's it's really great. that's really cool.
2: Yeah, and there's also uh, – uh, it was announced a while ago, but there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre version of one of these coming out soon. And uh, By all accounts, that is also really, really good. So I'm like, man, these games just keep coming out, and I want to play them all. Don't got the time. Um, I'm sure I did something else, but I mostly what I did was with him, and I he talked about it. So uh, I also did something with you guys, but we'll talk about that then later. Well, bam.
3: Sure, Ben? Uh, sure. Yeah, so media-wise, this week, uh, I got back into, or I I didn't get back into, I started playing more of God of War. Mm -hmm. A little further in, I just met the squirrel. That's all I'm going to say. There's a squirrel on the game, it's true. There's a squirrel. I
0: didn't didn't know who the voice actor for the squirrel was until until after I met him. This was a while ago. I love that guy. That guy's so funny. I'm so happy he's in this game.
3: Who's the voice actor?
2: I can't remember. Also, we're not going to spoil it because he hasn't even started the game.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. But, uh, yeah, so. I will say like another another voice actor was spoiled for me literally today. And I just think it. I'm not mad. I just think it's funny how like I'll go a week and a half and nothing will come up. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, by the way, this is blank in the game.
2: And I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it, a lot of it is is the actors themselves coming out saying, hey, like, I've been it's so, true. I'm so excited. And like, I've seen a lot of like, hey, I'm in this game. I've been waiting years to say it. And like some people still haven't played it. So like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yep, so. That game is absolutely once again God of War, absolutely fantastic. Ryan can attest to it. It's it's an amazing game. As it's, I want to play that game more than another game that I want to talk about, which is Pokemon Scarlet, because I got that and I finally started playing yesterday. And Ryan, you know how you were saying about how uh, Evil Dead doesn't run very good on your PC? Yeah. Yo, Scarlet is chugging. I've I've,
2: I've seen every video I could ever want to see about that game.
3: You know what? It, I did too, and I, I I
0: did too. I only saw the one video of the Diglett thing as a penis. That's all I need to see. That's man. all I need to see. I am good for the rest of my life.
3: And it sucks because it looks so bad, but the gameplay itself is actually quite fun. Yeah, I mean, I do want to play more of Pokemon Scarlet. I love how I did, and I haven't played Arceus for some reason. And I j- I like how I can. The world is open. I just now opened up the world. I have three main storylines that I can go test, I can go take care of. And I'm like, cool, I can go out into the world. I can, they kind of really nail it down. It's like, you can go anywhere you want. This is your choice. And I'm like, this is awesome. I like this. But even like the first, say, two, three and a half hours I'm playing and I'm in like one of the opening areas, it was just The animation is just so blocky. There are people, there's like um, NPCs that are walking at like 10, 15 frames per second. And even when I was in, like, I finally got to my school and I'm in the classroom and my classmates animation was still stupid blocky. They're like moving like, like stick figures. It was just awkward. I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting there looking at this going, my God, Game Freak, how are you getting away with this? And then I realized, I'm like, fudge, I'm the problem. Like, I bought this damn thing at launch for $60. That's on YouTube. And, like, Pokemon games are not... Yeah,
1: Writing was on the wall before you purchased that, by the way. <laughs> but yeah. You, I get you. Um, Pokemon games are not even necessarily known for, like, their incredible graphics. So, like, no, it's rough
2: when this, you see one chug this hard. This is a problem because despite them not really... Uh, uh, evolving the franchise over like 25 years the the games run and they're stable and they generally look fine they look good you yeah. know they're they are what they are uh uh positive, positively saying uh didn't arceus come out in this year too didn't it come out in january arceus came out in january that's two big open world rpgs that they put out in one year and like yeah
3: that can tell you right there why there's problems with both these games like you can't yeah. develop a game that quickly. Like look what happened. No, and I even think- when Arceus came out, people were thinking, okay, Arceus is the test run, and then the next mainline games, which we didn't know that's we were gonna get, we get when Arceus came out. That's what we thought. Yeah, that's what we thought. We we're thinking, cool, Arceus is a test run. Now they know what they can do, and also, and not even that, people, uh, people have been comparing i'm not defending pokemon scarlet violet at all but it also just makes me mad because the first party because people think oh nintendo should it's not nintendo who made this game game no. freak made this game yeah. the people who made um yeah pokemon made this game i mean yes technically pokemon and game freak are like like this they're super close that they're when they do say nintendo you also mention pokemon but then you look at other first party nintendo titles Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, Breath of the Wild, and even Skyward Sword HD. Breath of
2: the Wild is four years old. And it runs better than this game does.
3: No, it's five years old. That sucker came five, out on launch day. day. That sucker's uh, Super Mario, uh, Mario Odyssey, also five plus years old, and it looks stunning. And that yeah. was year one when those games came out. they look absolutely gorgeous. We know the Switch is underpowered. Nintendo knows that the Switch is underpowered. But, that's, but, that's yet, a, they's, but yet other developers who are essentially in Nintendo's pocket, who give Nintendo all the money, still can't figure out. It's like, well, we're st- I mean, people are still going to buy it. And it sucks because Pokemon is the highest selling franchise of all time. Better than Disney, better than Star Wars, better than Marvel, all of them. Pokemon is number one, and we still get this shit
2: it's it's again it, this one is not Nintendo's fault it is it no, is I'm game sorry. free wanting to put out two giant games in one year when you annualize something like Pokemon which generally isn't doesn't come out every year and I'm not talking about like the the super red or you know like the sequel games of those original games I mean like yeah. the next generation games don't come out one year after another when you yeah, try to last do something like this you're just limiting you're limiting how much how much
3: you're putting into the game and it's, yeah, like, and it's chilling. like last year was the remake of Diamond and Pearl that was last year and people don't don't like that game apparently apparently not and now it's like okay here's scarlet and Violet, the next big entry the next step forward in pokemon and it sucks because there are some great ideas in there the game just looks bad story like Pokemon's not much for story but there's like i'm not gonna lie there's something like, some decent story-ish beats in this game and i do love how you how the choice is yours on which direction you want to go this it's is like
2: this is a cyberpunk situation because like mm-hmm. this game's still getting incredible like it's getting tens and nines and eights and sevens like it's not getting ones right. It no. it is a the story's great the combat's great like the Pokemon stuff's great it just runs like shit. And yeah. when you play a video game and have to stare at it for sixty hours, yeah. that's a major that's a major thing. Do you think on some level, not every level, but maybe
1: one that there's a part of this where they are. Sabotaging themselves a little bit so that they can be like, "Well, fans didn't really respond to this game. When we tried to make changes, everybody says they want changes.
2: Let's go back to formula. Let's go
1: back I, to I, the I old oh, way.
2: Keep it simple. Keep it cheap." No, I, I think I they are just know. trying to bite off. they just try to bite off too much, and they they release it too early. That's what yeah, because again, the gameplay is there. It's just like it, it runs like crap. There's
3: there's be, there's probably gonna be like patches galore coming up on mm-hmm. how on to make scarlet and violet run decently well but yeah i mean i, I bought into it i was excited for pokemon scarlet i i will have fully admit i am part of the problem because i did i got the, i pre-ordered it i got the game at launch and even the opening cinematic i was like man cry looks a little uh and then i started playing i'm like oh no oh god uh oh, it looks so bad i definitely bad. remember
1: Talking with you earlier this week and being like Ben, you still going to pick that up this week? The writing's on the wall. And ben was like, "Hell yeah, Pokemon!" Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I was high, I was hyped too before the yeah. No, I know, but, but like, but you had seen it by the yeah. time I was talking to yeah, Ben yeah, about it. Yeah. Oh, it was already oh, yeah. out, and he had been
2: like, "Hmm." And this is this is again an unfortunate thing of like, well, actually not unfortunate. Uh, it's a double sided coin, whereas. The game itself is good so the optimization part they can fix in patches obviously this is not a state you want a game to be in but it's not like the game is bad it just performs badly yeah. so like if they yeah. fix that then you're gonna have a great game uh again it's just like that is this is one of countless games that come out that comes that comes out and needs to get patched for a year and it's just yeah that also, is
1: it's also just exhausting i think specifically with pokemon yeah like just constantly having to prioritize Frankly, I feel like too many Pokemon games have come out in the past year. Like they're just trying to shove them out at this point,
4: mm-hmm. and it never
1: but rather used to than be that just way. like put something out that like people really like and attach to for a while. Um, like I feel like there's been four main big Pokemon games in the past two years. Am I off? I don't know about. Am I off by one? I'm, Maybe three I don't years. know
3: about four. I would say three because you have Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, Arceus, and Scarlet Violet. What and about
2: the Eevees and Pikachu's? What are those?
1: No, those were a few years ago.
3: That was but a few would, years ago. That yeah. was before. That was before Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield came out about three years ago. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so, so in three years, you had Sword and Shield, which should have been dominating the conversation for a while. Brilliant Time and Pearl RCS. Like those things were really close to each other. That should dominate the conversation at least until the end of next year before they drop this one. And Ar- RCS
2: wasn't wasn't even
1: good. Though, which is so. when it'll be ready. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Is next year when the patches are finally done. When the next one comes, out. and then the new next one will come out
2: yeah at you, know, the exact you same don't time want, and not ready you do not want pokemon is not a franchise that needs to be call of duty or assassin's no. or assassin's creed because that's look what happens to those franchises they die not that call mm-hmm. of duty dies but like the quality level is not where it used to be because you put it out every single year
1: yeah yeah
3: uh,
2: that's a bummer ben but but luckily again the game's good you just gotta wait for some patches
3: yeah i just i just got away from patches but at least i mean th- it sucks because the gameplay is good it just looks like absolute garbage Going away from that, God of War is still amazing. I I put that sucker in, and it just looks absolutely like yay. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even yesterday, I was playing Pokemon Scarlet. I had uh, Adam and his fiance over, and we were playing like Mario Kart, and Mario Party. Those games look gorgeous on the Switch. I'm just sitting there going, man, how come Scarlet and Violet can't look this good? They had to meet a deadline. Yeah, they had to meet a deadline. D- damn deadlines. A deadline. They, they probably set up themselves that they could have delayed, but you- they probably could. Yeah, yeah. But at least with uh, um uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, that sucker's gonna be polished. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Nintendo is like, look at the writing on the wall. They're like, we gotta make sure this thing is thick and span, hardcore, yeah, or N- else
2: Nintendo first party, you generally don't have to worry about.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, besides so if that, in, if
1: it came in disappointing, that would be like death knell for the Switch. God,
3: definitely. That's why it's
2: been delayed 500 years.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Besides that, uh, what else did I do? Yeah, I celebrated my birthday. That was fun. Went to some really cool places, and okay, no, you're not. You're downplaying this. I'm. I was.
0: I thought you might. Okay, look, we went to Universal Studios for our birthday. We did. It's a, tra- it's a tradition that we we it we is. used to do frequently uh, during COVID, and we didn't because of COVID. This was our first year back. This man. This man was salivating over the Super Nintendo world. And I just want to point that out because like, I love that about you. I'm so happy that you're so excited about it, but like, don't go off and be like, Oh yeah, we just did the thing. No, no, no. You were, you were salivating over the, the under construction world.
1: Literally like every 30 minutes that we were there, Ben was talking to somebody about like, so when Super
2: Nintendo world opens, do you think that
1: (laughs) are they
0: doing like a press
2: thing? Are they doing, like, a press thing? Can I go to that? There was a moment where, like, I don't know if you're going up the escalators or <laughs> we were just standing on the little, like, podium in between, but you were just staring at it, and, like, like the camera just, like, zoomed, zoomed in on you, and it turns into a little heart.
3: <laughs> no, I I will admit, I was extremely thirsty to go to Super Nintendo World, but can you guys blame me? No, can you really no blame not at all, not me? at all. I saw the coins,
2: all. the coins on the top spinning, and I was like, oh, that's cool
3: yeah yeah that yeah I, I actually let's talk about universal for a second because i must say because it was the first time myself because brandon and I, our birthdays are a day apart and we would go to universal celebrate birthdays every year and as he mentioned pandemics through a wrench and all that and sparks's birthday is also very close so we celebrate all three of us and my birthday wish last year was all three well all four of us to go to a theme park together that didn't happen I in wish. 2021 but it did happen this year so okay i'll wait for a year And I must say that has got to be one of the best Universal Studios trips I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. Um, Not just because it was for my birthday, but also the weather was gorgeous. The lines were all super short. And I was with a great company of people. And it truly was a magnificent and glorious day. I'm actually kind of mad that I'm not waking up tomorrow to be November 14th. So then it's like, ooh, I get to go to Universal the next day.
2: Yeah, I don't think I've I've ever been at a theme park where I've not waited in line so much. It was incredible. There was like barely any waiting all day long. It was like a magical day. Oh I yeah,
1: mean, we got we got because it was our birthday combo, we got an express pass that we we really didn't need. No. I mean we used it on the right ride, don't get me wrong, because Ryan and I would not have stood in a 30 minute line for that. But <laughs> <laughs> True.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. The longest ride, we w- the longest ride wait was thirty minutes. and We didn't even do that. Yeah, uh, we did Transformers and we did uh, Jurassic Park and the Mummy. All of them 10, five, 10 minute waits. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I would even I, say, was- I, 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 real quickly, Ben, I love you. I think you're a wonderful human being because, like, the last time I felt the amount of excitement that you did to go to the Universal Studios trip was probably when Revenge of the Sith was coming out. Like, not for any. You I, I don't think so. Because like I so because I got to the point I got to the point in my life where I there's nothing that I will be so excited about that I will lose sleep over. This man, we can't get awake for till we can't get awake for 10:30 recording time. He was up at seven just waiting to go to Universal Studios. It was wonderful. I love I love you for that. <laughs>
3: That's funny. Yeah, I was texting this sparks and Ryan was like, you guys go to my house still, right? Cool. Meet outside. I'll tell you where to park.
1: I think I think Brandon's downplaying it a bit. I would say it's more like like comic-con trip i think yeah it would have been more recent than revenge of the sith maybe there was definitely some excitement for some comic cons
0: that's true that's a good point this is the last time that i remember like like being like jittery excited for something and like so much so that i would lose sleep and wake up early was revenge of the sith but perhaps a comic-con i i i don't i don't all of them kind of blurred together after a while i can speak for me i was like
1: insufferable leading up to the release of the first avengers film oh Yeah. yeah Um, because I was like grabbing everybody I knew who hadn't seen all of the Marvel films and been like, "You gotta come over and
2: watch them in order, or you're not gonna get it. There's only five of them. What's the big deal?"
3: Oh uh, god, we could anyway. actually marathon all the Avengers films in one day back then. Now it's like a multi-day experience. That's type of vacation. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. All, all it. right. Anything else? But- uh i mean besides universal i also had a very amazing day at disneyland i was able to go on thursday that was also a a fantastic day um and it it, truly this week truly was an amazing birthday i will not lie it was i was at peace the entire time i was having fun i wasn't feeling stressed or anxiety ridden at all it also probably helped that i wasn't going to work at all so there's that
2: correlation
3: yeah definitely um but yeah, this week truly was of a, a very a most relaxing time. The only time where I felt like stress was like, Oh, I gotta go see my parents and then I gotta do a bunch of other stuff for recording. And but other than that, even when I wouldn't call that as like bad stress, it was just like, Oh, I got stuff to do, but I'm happy about doing it, you know. I was looking forward to doing those things. It wasn't like, Oh god, I have to do this now. Hey, got a so- new job.
0: Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. So My sure you mind? Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to talk about this because uh, the first two episodes of the Santa Clauses dropped um, so I did check those out um, and they're fine um, I was not surprised at the quality of them I was surprised at how much it, se- it seems to Tim Allen has in the script because there is a long sequence where he's talking you know he's double checking the naughty and nice list and um, And there's this where he, you know, some kid like threw a temper tantrum, broke some faces, like blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, oh, well, that's not that's on the naughty list. Uh, And the girl was actually, you know, that's uh, that's ADHD. You know, we shouldn't demonize kids with ADHD. and And we're not supposed to say naughty and blah, blah. And so like it really feels like this girl is deliberately supposed to be annoying because Tim Allen wanted that. Now that's not all the script. There is some really charming bits, and it's clear that the that the people who are running the show actually really like at least the first two movies, um, which I did appreciate because there's a lot of callbacks to the first film, especially, um, and some and some in the second film because um, Mrs. Claus Carol, that's her name, um, has a a significant role, which I was happy to see of where she's trying to figure out what happened to the last Mrs. Claus uh because as you know from the from the trailer santa uh tim allen's santa is retiring and um carol is carol is kind of getting to be the point part like miserable in the north pole and she's just like why doesn't anybody i don't even have a first name as mrs claus i don't have a first name what happened to the last one did the last one have a mrs claus like what happened to that person what happens to me because there's a death scare i don't mind spoiling it tim allen falls off a roof um and uh he he doesn't die (laughs) um And and Carol and Carol is right here, and Carol is like, "What happens to me if he dies? Like, what what is the game plan for that?" Um, I was like, "That's cool. I'm into that. I like that plot line." There's a lot of like, there's a lot of talk about like how the elves didn't even shed a tear when the last Santa died, and so Tim Allen is like, "Will they even care that I'm retiring? Because like, when I scared the last Santa to death, they didn't care.
1: They gave me cocoa."
0: The me cocoa. <laughs> so, like, how, as there's like talk of like an evil Santa and like how like Santas can like get, get, uh, get disillusioned with the job and, be, and start becoming like evil Santas. And I'm like, oh, are we doing like this thing where like the old Santa was like evil? Are we going to do that fan theory? That'd be kind of fun. Does he, does the old Santa become the Krampus? No, he's dead. Um, <laughs> his evil spirit could become the Krampus. No, I don't there know. There you go. Um, it's charming. If you like the Santa Claus films, yeah, they're, it's pretty much. Better than three, not as good as the first two. Um, and I mean, that's all I'll say on that one.
2: No, I don't support Tim Tim Allen at all. Yeah, no, that's I. That's
0: fair. Yeah. Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get
2: you. Yeah. No, it's a uh, lot. Toy, no. Toy Story. is just good. No, Toy Story is good. Yeah, he's, he's 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 awful. He's yeah. Are they snapped or
0: blipped? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mag says, "Are they snapped or blipped?" Um, yeah, there's a there's a bit where like. They go, they flash back to the first movie because Charlie because uh, Santa's retiring is like well Charlie wanted to go with the family business so I'll go ask him so Charlie comes back I thought that was cute um, but there's this one bit where like it flashes back to the first movie and I'm like oh shit that first movie Santa Claus outfit was awesome and they never got better than that than that outfit
1: yeah I um, I, I, I believe that there was a visual quality that was put in the first film that I don't think they ever truly replicated.
0: I agree. They do have replicate the North Pole pretty pretty um, uh, well from the second film, so I thought that was cool. The second one, not the third one, not the third one.
3: <laughs> cool. Oh, they
0: actually they actually have a doctor that's actually competent and not doesn't know what they're doing. <coughs> um. All right, that's enough of Santa Claus. I watched Marcel the Shell uh, with shoes on. Um. I've been eager to watch that for a number of years for a number of years months since it came out. Um. So I finally watched it. It's really good. Uh, believe the hype. Like it it's it's a super charming, super sweet. Um I I I I, I had a, it's a joyful time. It's just a good, just joyful movie about a shell. Um and his and his and his many and his search for his, his family. Uh beautiful movie. I liked it a lot. That's great. Enola Holmes 2. I watched. I if you guys remember, I really liked the first Enola Holmes. I think Sparks you well- did too
1: can't recall ever hearing that from you before
0: (laughs) Sparks, did you like the first one i know you
1: watched it i did i did i thought it was good
0: i think the first one is very charming uh millie bobby brown is really great in it and it um i i enjoy the film immensely second one's not as good and i was a little bit disappointed in that one it's not based on any of the books and i think that hurt it because they tried to kind of base it on a they try to base it on a real thing that happened which is Fine, but they also put too much Sherlock in it. It's more of a Sherlock Holmes movie than it is an Anola Holmes movie, um, or at least more of a Sherlock Holmes movie than it should have been. Like they're introducing a lot of a lot of Sherlock Holmes elements in this one, and I'm happy to see Henry Cavill. I just think the amount of Sherlock Holmes should have been kind of relegated to the background a lot more, and and we really should have let Millie Bobby Brown have this movie be like her movie. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't,
1: um wouldn't you argue that the first movie is her movie
0: yeah but like i i'm saying like having seen this film i i could see a world i i could see like a world where they made the second one have no sherlock holmes and then this the third film be the team-up movie
2: you you'd think without having seen them but like you'd think the trajectory of like oh we want people to see this so we'll put sherlock in it the second one it could be her movie but yeah. it's like you say it's like the opposite, which is
1: kind of a bummer. You,
2: know, you want to take advantage of that Henry Cavill... I guess, before you leaves Netflix.
1: <laughs> well, I think... I think Counter to that, yeah. if they are to do a third one, the lesson she learns from working with Sherlock in this one, theoretically, could make it so that she can stand completely on her own in a third without his appearance at all.
0: That's a good point. Um, and I, I would hope that's to be the case, because I do want them to do another one. Because, um, again, I think Millie Bobby Brown is great in this role. She, This is a role that she, I think she could define um as like a def- it could be like a definitive role for her and i think she clearly has a passion for the character um and wants to keep doing it and i could see at least one or two more films with her in this role
1: it is nice to see her have like a full character yeah because like i like her performance as 11 i wouldn't call 11 a full character
0: sure most of the time um yeah she and 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 so i really so i i did i did really enjoy it um I just do think it's a step down for the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about Doctor Who: The Chimes at Midnight, which is the second audio adventure from Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor, from the second arc. So, I talked a little bit about the first arc a couple of weeks ago, I think, like two weeks ago, maybe, um, where it was kind of like a lot going on and it was really kind of disjointed, and there was I wasn't really sure what was going on. This one I really enjoy. So this one's a lot of fun. This one the doctor and Charlie who's his companion show up in a in a dark house, in a dark mansion, in the scullery. And in 1906. And but everything's dark and 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 there's like a fireplace but the fire's not moving, implying that it's kind of locked in time. There's no time movement until the clock strikes 10 in what's in a time loop. And then Charlie and the Doctor are absorbed into the time loop and take on roles within this kind of murder mystery that this time loop is forcing other characters to be in, Um, and it's trying to like trap the Doctor as kind of this like it's a a sleuth, sleuth, um, Poirot type character, and Charlie as the daughter of the master of the house. All the while, every every time the clock strikes an hour, a murder happens until midnight, when the time loop. Uh, resets and they go again but and everyone is aware of it but the people who aren't the doctor and charlie are so have been doing this for an eternity so they're kind of like just playing the roles as they are but the doctor and charlie are trying to figure out and like they think they have to figure out the what the murder is only to realize that the, p- the person who's murdering them is the house itself the house is alive um, but that's not why the time—that's not why the time loop was happening. There's something else going on, and so like the house is feeding off of these murders within this time loop over and over and over again, becoming more and more evil and evil. And it's like it's terrifying. The doctor—I'm almost done with it. I think it's really fun. Um, it's kind of—it's kind of Christmassy. It's kind of horror I'm really into it. I like it a lot. Cool. Nice. I watched the two Enchanted movies. Uh, that's the last thing I'll talk about. Enchanted one, which is a. Uh, I forgot how much I love that movie. I I would say it's fantastic. Um, It's a great time. It's got a lot of visual flair. I forgot Susan Sarandon was the villain, and she's brilliant in it. Um, Amy Adams is so good as Giselle in that role. Pastor Dempsey is so hot. (laughs) I mean, my God, that man. (laughs) And uh, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed my rewatch of this film. It's been years. Uh, There's a shot in this movie that just like, just like, threw me uh, like blew me away it was just like after Giselle eats the apple and then like you just see the hand fall into frame and then the apple rolls and it's practical and it's rolling down the stairs and everyone's dancing around the apple making a path until it hits Patrick Dempsey and then he picks it up it's all one long shot and the the, uh, the bite is looking at the camera and it's like oh cinema baby mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the music is fantastic It's such a it's such a great movie Disenchanted is unfortunately not. Oh Aww. no. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, it is a fine follow-up to the original. There's technically nothing really wrong with it except for everything that the first movie does well. This does fine. Um, it's not written by it's not written or directed by the same team. They haven't done anything since Enchanted, by the way. And it's a crime. I tweeted about it. Like the director of the first Enchanted did a goofy movie and that man doesn't have a flourishing career at Disney, what the hell are we doing? Um, and so, like, th- so, like, this movie is directed by the guy who did Hairspray. I like Hairspray. Rock of Ages. I like Rock of Ages. But, like, it's not... It's not... It doesn't have that same visual flair. It kind of has the same kind of vibe that we're seeing a lot with modern blockbusters, with, with that, you know, that kind of, like, tone down. Like, oh, we're putting a camera in a place, and we're just kind of doing, like, what the actors are doing. It's like, there's not really... There's not really a lot of art going into the placement of a camera in this film. And that's kind of a bummer. The writing is not as sharp and the music isn't as good, which surprised me because Alan Menken does the music again. There is nothing in the soundtrack that is as good as how does she know, which Mm -hmm. is an incredible song from the first film. Um, the second film has two songs that I did really like, but there's nothing like earworm that you're kind of like, you're singing, like you, you want to sing. How does she know? It's a fun song. It's a poppy. It's, it, it's a banger. You know, I don't know why I'm trying to avoid the use of banger. That's a good word to describe what that song is. There is some good, there's, there's two good songs in the movie. One is sung by Adina Menzel. She gets a song. I'm happy about that. She didn't get one of the first film. Um, I just watched it. So it's fresh in my mind. Um, but the things that the movie does well are the actors are really good in it. They slip into these roles easily. And Amy Adams, playing both the wicked stepmother Giselle and the kind of ditzy Giselle from the first film, is very good. She's She can switch the two roles uh, in camera, and it's it's brilliant. She's great. They do some missteps with the plot that I won't get into, but I, I, I don't think it was a great idea. Um, and the last thing I want to say about it is just that, like... Look, no offense to Maya Rudolph. I like Maya Rudolph. I think she's a, I think she's a fun actress. She's not Susan Sarandon.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: You know, the first movie had Susan Sarandon as the villain, and she's fantastic, even as a as a, the voice of a dragon. That movie ends with a dragon fight on the top of a of a tower with Giselle trying to say Patrick Dempsey. That movie is incredible. This film has Maya Rudolph, and it's kind of a step down. I'll be honest, because Maya Rudolph doesn't kind of have that, that like. Thirst for doing something truly deliciously evil that Susan Sarandon has. And she's, she is trying to recapture that. Um, and you may have, you may disagree if you, if you guys watch it. Um, I was a little let down, not entirely. So it is still a fun movie. It's still, it's just, it, it, it commits, I think the cardinal sin of a sequel, which is it's making me want to watch the original
4: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. throughout the movie. I'm like, I think I'd actually rather watch the original. You know, you look at like Top Gun Maverick, which is like, no, I, I want to watch Top Gun Maverick. You watch Top Gun. You're like, no, I want to watch Top Gun Maverick. <laughs>
3: Disenchanted. You're like, no, I want to watch Enchanted. I'm good. I heard a really great uh, theory on, on a, one of the guys I follow on TikTok saying that Disney Plus is now just the home for the Disney direct-to-DVD VHS sequels. You guys remember those? That no, weren't as is, good as good yeah.
2: No, it is true. That's not wrong. Yeah. The things they don't want to put in theaters because they won't make enough money, they'll put on Disney en- Plus. But are bigger projects now than they were, ever were before. That's the problem. Yeah.
0: Enchanted and so Disenchanted has in the synopsis. The synopsis reads in Disenchanted, the sequel to the box office smash hit Enchanted, and I'm like, you couldn't have tried again. What were the director and writer doing? They clear. They don't have a career anymore. For some reason, enchanted ruined their careers. Maybe, Just get them maybe to do disenchanted. Something
2: happens that we don't know, and they don't have to do careers for a reason.
0: I don't I don't know, man. I I was let down. I it's a fine movie. It's it's still fun. I'm glad I watched it. There's some good there's some good jokes. Patrick Dempsey, man, that Patrick Dempsey is aging like a fine ass wine. Mm-hmm. That man, those wrinkles look good on that man. That gray hair, oh baby, you keep going. I'm a huge man crush on Patrick Dempsey. All right. <laughs> shall we book club? no what are we doing next bread and butter you tell I, me
1: I will say I will say it does almost seem like some of these decisions you know like what happened with disenchanted like they were maybe run into the ground by a CEO who probably doesn't know exactly what he's doing and handles money poorly I'm, and um might not work there anymore and social messaging might well, not be we'll, very good is all I'm saying
0: well we'll get there after these sure, messages it sure would be a
1: shame if something happened to him
0: Well, why don't we get into some sad news up top?
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: All right. Kazuki Omori, the director of Godzilla vs. Biollante and Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Those are the two Heisei films. Uh, he passed away this week at the age of 70. Aww. I like those two movies a lot. Yeah, I like those movies. Versus King Ghidorah is a narrative mess uh, that is that is also brilliant at the same time. I mean, the one where they were
1: like, we need to go back in time and kill the dinosaur that will become Godzilla Yes. that lives on this island during a war. Also, drop off these three tiny
0: baby dragon things. They'll become something big one day. You watch. Yes. <laughs> and, then Ghidorah, and then Ghidorah. And then they go and then and then they, they kill Ghidorah and then go to the future because they bring back Godzilla, which isn't supposed to be the same Godzilla. Uh, and and bring back Mechagodzilla from the past. man. That movie's the movie is uh, the movie's I brilliant. Would, but it's a I would so so much rather have a
2: movie like that than just boring human shit where nothing happens. Oh my god! I would so much rather have complete nonsense and at least like I'm having this is, fun. This is why I'm saying like yeah. the next the MonsterVerse needs
1: the aliens. aliens.
2: Yes, I've
1: the, always the,
0: been there. the Zillions. Godzilla. Space Godzilla. Sorry. I mean, we've already got we've already got the in for aliens. We have Ghidorah. Yeah, we do. We do. And the original and the original continuity, Ghidorah was brought was brought to the the, the planet Earth by the Zillions.
3: Um, ben, why don't you why don't you take control of the chat? Chat man. Yeah. So Mag is in the chat saying this month uh, suddenly both my love slash hate of the death not just its loves but those close to us.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. And then uh,
0: finally, Jason David Frank, the Green White Red and Black Ranger, uh, passed away. suicide he killed himself i didn't
1: didn't didn't hear this no i i didn't yeah it was suicide yeah passed
0: away at the age of 49 yeah yeah this one's a bummer
2: um yeah i don't even know what to say man like like this is a dude like like i i am not as in love with power rangers as i used to be but i grew up with that guy i think we all did but like that's a dude who's who's stuck with power rangers and he's stuck with fans and like he's at every con like being friendly and like he did fan stuff and
0: he did fan films. He did, uh, that, that, uh, Lord Draken tie-in thing where he played, he came back to play Tommy, but as Lord Draken uh, for the boom studio stuff.
2: Yeah. I, I, I wasn't aware until after reading this, that he, he really suffered with mental health issues. Um, and a lot of people in Hollywood do, and you know, not everyone likes to speak up about it and it's just, that's man. That's, it's just, it, when when someone takes their own life that's that's especially when they're a celebrity you're like no matter how famous or rich you can get it won't be enough and that just yeah. it's 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 hard to deal with sometimes
0: yeah the idea of the the villain to hero arc i had never seen since power the, till power rangers i mean i was pretty young still but like that was an influential arc for me that mm-hmm. like changed the structure of narrative storytelling as i understood it um prepared me for dragon ball quite frankly um like i i the i read his comic i read i have his comic his he, he did a power Rangers comic he did a he wrote a power Rangers comic about, about a, a old man tommy mm-hmm. that that's great he was doing a fan film where he came back as tommy it's 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 it was kickstarted. it's coming out i think next year legend of the white dragon where he, yeah. he came back as tommy he was the star of that
2: yeah no matter yeah you can you can keep yourself busy but those demons, those demons are always there, unfortunately,
3: for some people.
0: Yes. Ben, I want you to say something.
3: Yeah. Um, this freaking sucks. The Green Ranger was my favorite. The second the Green Ranger hopped on the scene, he instantly became my favorite Power Ranger. Green was my favorite color as a kid. I liked the Red Ranger because, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex. But then it's like, not only is he a Green Ranger, but the Dragon Zord and all. And just the fact that he kept with it. I remember when I rented the Power Rangers Turbo movie, and I popped it on my in my VHS, and there was Tommy Oliver again. And I'm like, Tommy's back. Oh my God. And he was doing like, Oh, I'm too old to be a Power Ranger now. But he comes back as the Red Ranger in Turbo. And then I'm like, even more and more things like uh, today. My TikTok and uh, Instagram reels have just been a slew of um, scenes from power rangers scenes from older from newer power rangers shows where tommy comes back and he is kicking ass and taking aim there's this great shot of him fighting some evil doppelganger and he's cycling through every ranger he's ever been it's, it's a the, great it's a great scene i've never is, seen that before it's awesome it is so cool just because it's like you haven't been the ranger since x y and z he's like oh yeah there's one and there's one where he he transforms
0: into a different ranger mid-kick. And like he kicks him as one ranger and then transforms into the next ranger to
3: finish the the twist. I was like, uh Power Rangers is kind of cool, guys. Moon Knight stole it. it right. It costs. it reminds me of it, cause I always for cause I, I got to a certain age where Power Rangers became a, it did become a distant memory, but it became a, a definitely a nostalgic thing. Mighty Morphin always became nostalgic, and I have nostalgic memories for Lost Galaxy. Those were like the two Power Rangers shows where I was heavily invested in. And the fact that they're still going, a part of me is amazing. It's Like, damn, they just these Super Sentai shows just won't quit. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that a lot of older actors, a lot of older Rangers, will continue to come back. Like one of my favorite episodes when I was watching, like older Power Rangers shows was the crossover when the team from the last Power Ranger show would show up for a huge fight. And that was, to me, that was like the coolest thing they, ever. They,
0: they did an episode where all the Red Rangers just teamed up. Every single Red Ranger just teamed up. It was awesome. Yeah.
3: yeah, and like like Ryan said, you could keep yourself busy, you can do all this stuff, but those demons are still there. And and it really sucks because he was definitely influential in our lives in some point. I even read somewhere that after when he was like officially done done with Power Rangers, he became an MMA fighter.
4: He yeah. was
3: he kept he kept uh, doing his own stuff in a professional league and and every time someone for pa- I would see pictures of him with fans and cosplayers, him posing and he even there was a, there's a store by my mother's house in La Habra. He actually showed up there one day and people and apparently the line was around the around the block cuz people wanted to go meet Tommy Oliver. They wanted to meet the Green Ranger and he was signing so many so many Power Rangers paraphernalia. And I'm just like, "Man, this guy just seems like a really cool guy." Yeah. And I mean, he like the older he got them, I would say like the more scruffier he got, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but the fact that he's still cuz the fact that he still loves Power Rangers, the fact that he'll still come back and do Power Rangers. And he doesn't see Power Rangers as like, oh yeah, that thing I did, that was uh, that's not my life anymore. He's like, no, that was a big part of my life, but it was fun, and I like doing it. He continued to be uh, very passionate about
0: Power Rangers. Constantly did things. Just in... yeah. Sparks, you said you didn't hear about this.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Do you remember? Did you watch Power Rangers? Not really. Yeah. Um.
1: Not really. Uh. I. I didn't. I didn't have control of how I watched television until like the fourth grade, Mm -hmm. Um, like television, television. Um, So kind of just totally missed that boat.
0: Sure. I just want to say like, look, nowadays I'm really happy that, you know, we're, we're, we are trying to shine a light on men's mental health and these we're trying to take mental health as seriously as we would physical health, Um, you know, depression is a disease that takes people that kills people Um, uh, you know it's not just you've committed suicide you have succumbed to a disease you know that's what we're trying to that's how we're trying to frame it and I think that's really great and it really sucks that we're on this path that we're losing these people on on this path because you know they have grown up with certain ideas of what male mental health needs to be Um, you know the idea that like I mean, shit. Like I remember twenty years ago, like it wasn't even, it wasn't as good as it is now, and like it keeps getting better. But like, um, I remember trying to tell my dad, uh, that I had depression. Like it just didn't compute to someone who was born in nineteen thirty three. Like because yeah. you know, just just don't be depressed, buck up, kiddo. You know, uh, pull your you know. But that's that's not that was never healthy, and we are learning that uh, slowly, but we are learning it. And I just. If you are feeling depressed, if you are feeling like... Look, if, if you are feeling, instead of that you want to go have a drink, that you, you want to go walk into traffic, call someone. Ask for help. Like, your friends, your family, your therapist. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it is a shame that we are losing these people to this disease. And and and, and I, I don't want to see any more be lost. And I know I'm... I, look... Uh, just the other day, I said to myself, "Hey, why did you walk into traffic, you idiot?" But like, I have a support system that I do try to rely on, and even then, it's hard. I get it. But like, if you if you have someone, reach out, please. This is a disease; it needs to be treated as such.
2: Yes, and also importantly, there are people who don't have a support system and don't have people to go to. Yes. Uh, so there are places you can call. There are there are suicide hotlines. There are hospitals that can take you in. Uh, not everyone's lucky to have friends and family. So, uh, uh, whatever you got to do, don't feel like, uh, you can, you can't get out of it because you only got one life.
1: Yeah. And also on that note, if you're not white and the first time you try and call someone and you feel like they're being dismissive, call a different number. Yeah. Yes. Keep calling until you get someone who's actually going to listen and be supportive of you because not everybody's going to be like that. And unfortunately that is a stigma in our health system in America.
0: That's true anyway on that note uh, rest in peace like he was his legend is cemented it's just 49 is too young
4: yeah
0: depression is a disease like it it is all right some casting news let's all talk about some fun stuff now i'm ready uh doctor who um, I was debating whether or not I wanted to put this one on here but the new companion was introduced uh this uh this week uh, for dr Who uh we're all kind of interested in what's going on with dr who right now um her name is Millie Gibson she's been cast as Ruby Sunday who will join the 15th dr shooty gotway uh on on his on his adventures I brought this up I brought this up because she was a year old when the series returned in 2005 yeah this she will is be, 18. Uh...
2: Yeah, this will be uh uh the first time we are confronted with age and that we'll be older than a Doctor Companion for the first yeah. time. So get ready for that, everybody. I
0: thought that was I thought that was crazy when I saw her when I saw her her birthday. Like, man, people were born in the year two thousand are 22 years old, guys. Yeah, they are adults. They're adults, they can vote. Yeah,
2: that's a bummer. It makes me feel real <laughs> old.
0: Um, but yes, very cool. Happy for her. Um I saw the interview that Disney Plus put up. Weird. Um And they uh uh, they look like they have good chemistry. Can't wait. Hell yeah! A Quiet Place Part A Quiet Place Day One. Sorry, Uh, the the spinoff film of A Quiet Place, prequel, I guess. Has cast Joseph Quinn, who played Eddie in Stranger Things, Mm -hmm. the most recent season of Stranger Things. Uh, He will he has joined the cast with Lupita Nyong'o.
2: Well, that'll get me to watch this. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot
1: Lupita. (laughs) Both of them. Both of them. Damn, watch this movie.
3: I mean Seriously. that's good.
1: I hope it's good because uh, it's not even Quiet Place Part Two wasn't bad. It just was okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it was I, the I, disenchanted.
2: Yeah, I'm glad that it is. I became disenchanted with that franchise.
4: Yeah, um,
2: I'm glad that uh, it's it's going the prequel route because like, oh thank God. Yeah. I don't know if I need to do another like we're trying to survive and monsters are here and they can hear us. Like, no, I know. Like, I get it. I, you've done that. So, like, seeing, like, the initial wave of how people don't know how to handle it and, like, I don't know I... that, but,
1: like, like the goal of the movie will not be, uh, yeah, we know how to do a thing to stop them. I assume in this movie that they probably won't figure it out. Yeah. This might be a Rogue One.
0: <laughs> one of the, one of the cool things about the second film that I really liked, probably like my favorite thing about it, was that we do flash back to the first day of uh, of, of the invasion. I thought that was really cool. I was really yeah. into that. Um, some more of that. I'm happy with that. Agreed. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Ooh, keeps on going. Cast two new characters. Jay DuPlas has been cast as Hades. Yes. And Timothy Amundsen has been cast as Hephaestus. Yes. Ooh. These are
2: both uh, uh, great, great actors. They are. This is
1: cool. These are great roles and great actors. I'm excited.
0: I love Timothy Amundsen. Gallivant guys, Gallivant's a great show. Oh, there we go.
1: Really,
2: <laughs> he's really a... filling out pantheon.
0: Did he play Gallivant? Right? No, he played the king. Oh, oh, even better. Yeah, he's a lot of fun in that role. I think
3: I love him. How long want we rewatch Gallivant? I have the whole series. Yeah. Is it on Disney Plus? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's on. Our... Yeah. No. Well, it's oh, there's a once upon a it.
0: there's a once upon a time reference in uh in uh uh disenchanted. They oh, say the really? line, who would ever put Maleficent and Cruella in the same in the same story together? That happened in the season of Once Upon a Time. Really? Um, yes. Oh, God.
1: Okay. Then Cruella
0: an and, and an Ursula. But not the Ursula. A and different Ursula. Ursula. Daredevil born again. A rumor seems to suggest that General Ortega has been cast as White Tiger.
2: Man, let me tell you, General Ortega can be in anything she wants. I will watch it. Fantastic. Uh, white Tiger, a character I am very, fam- very quickly becoming familiar with because of Marvel now. <laughs> and I read a lot of Captain America, which she was a part of this week. Uh, so that's cool. I, I'm a white, a white tiger fan now. That's cool. That's really cool. Jen our rules.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with this. I, I like her a lot.
2: It's going to be a Kung Fu lady. She's got to learn some Kung Fu.
0: All right. Some Disney news real quickly. Um, well, Disney ancillarily, I guess. Chris Hemsworth uh, is the first thing. Chris Hemsworth ha- ha- did an interview uh, this week uh, where he talked that he will uh, take a break from acting, uh, spend time with his family. He recently found out he has a predisposition, a higher predisposition to Alzheimer's, and he wants to make sure he has spent some time with his family. Makes sense. Oh,
2: I, um, um, he's doing promotional work for his show um, Limitless. Limitless, Limitless, which I watched the first episode of. Uh, it's really, really good um yeah. if you want to see chris Hemsworth actually like go through real stress and like really like you want to see an actor be human that's a show to watch because like yeah. you, you it's cool to see thor like really struggle with something and be like man he's really trying hard to do something um the show is all about prolonging life and like testing yourself to like make sure you 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 live up the greatest life you can and doing the show he uncovered some stuff which which is really sad
0: yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> It does not mean he will get Alzheimer's. Um, yeah. It just means he's got he's got a higher chance of doing it than say you or I. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as I, far as I, we know,
3: as far as we know, this.
0: um, I uh, I wish him the best. I uh, hope he doesn't get it. Uh, but i it. May, this makes sense that he would want to spend time with his family. He's been he's been doing a lot of work in Australia, like uh, Thor: Love and Thunder film in Australia because of um because of his desire to stay in his home country so that he could spend time with his family. <clears throat> uh, so it makes perfect sense that he'd want to he'd want to do this he's, be, he's becoming very family oriented as we know love and thunder has two of his kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: it makes sense yeah
0: yeah and um,
1: his wife let's be fair his wife is in it too my wife mm-hmm. who is she in that she's the she was... girl he kisses on the back of the wolf
0: oh that's there cool that's cool i didn't know that yep. she's his wife is also uh, in thor the dark world so that's cool yeah. gets to kiss her yeah. twice in two, two thor movies yeah, Hell yeah. um uh, he also said that. Uh, speaking of Thor, he also talked a little bit about how, like, I guess he doesn't have a contract for coming back for Thor yet, um, but he feels like it's probably time to end the character, kill it, all, kill him off. That's super
2: funny. After Thor will return, right? And yeah. like, he didn't even. Oh, I don't know
0: that. <laughs> right. He's <laughs> like because like the the the, the thing with Taika he was like, yeah, we turn to each other, but like you you will. Uh,
2: yeah, the interview he did, he was talking about how um, working with George Miller as well was like was like a godsend and like he loves working with George Miller and he never want to works he wants to work with like egotistical directors ever again and I'm like the way he's talking it sounds like he's talking about Taika Waititi it um that was a
0: little bit I read I read the interview and I'm like I know they I know Ron Ragnarok they had a good relationship but um but then like
2: he, that was five years ago at this point right and like he's made Jojo Rabbit which is like an Oscar winning movie and then like i don't know maybe, maybe 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 something did go to what td said he's did he did like there's a lot of buzz out there that taika Waititi's uh
1: egotistical from like mm-hmm. you know just the social media circle and i've also heard it personally
2: so like the uh that interview uh when he's promoting uh love and thunder talking about the special effects team and how like this doesn't oh, look yeah, good right that like yeah, that's that a real shitty thing and like i really like him so like i want to give him the benefit of the doubt but like maybe 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 he might be an asshole <laughs>
0: maybe yeah uh but he did talk about uh, i really like what he talked about with george miller he's you know he's like i want to work with people like this you know people who are like creatively free like creatively free and you know just have their creative their creative vision on on the stage like yeah man i'm really i'm really happy i had a good time working on on furiosa because uh what didn't tom hardy and charlie sarah not have a great time working in australia well it's yeah i mean it was a grueling a grueling
1: shoot yeah um it wasn't so much not having a good time working with him
0: yeah it was no i know i know i was just i was just uh shooting at 100 degree heat for 50 from australia
1: that's not going to get him the same way (laughs) (laughs) he was
0: he was like this is my home
1: yeah this is normal
0: um
1: yeah i i think haven't you heard i am (laughs) limitless uh
0: i think it's i think it's really interesting that he said that because i i i feel like we could probably because of the Sea thorn be the next Avengers to die in yeah. Avengers Secret Wars, perhaps, at the end of the multiverse yeah. saga?
2: Yeah. Because we're, what, two, three years away from that first Avengers movie? Uh I, I could see him not showing up again until then, honestly. I yeah. think
1: they've also opened the door for their way to have a Thor por- post-Thor. Yeah. They With a... Jane? Another Thor. Definitely not Jane. She died. No, but like, you know, we, by having Jane you in the films now, you've established that like someone else can carry the mantle. It's true. Thor's so not can... someone
2: who generally has a mantle like
1: that. It's true. It's tr- it's true. He's immortal. But you can, you know, the movies can do whatever they want. Like T'Challa doesn't
2: have a son named T'Challa. No. You
1: know, like all no. these kinds of things. So... No,
2: he doesn't. But yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think it's a different situation. Thor's, you don't give, there is no one to take Thor's mantle. hmm even in the comics. like that's No, not, I get it. I like, get it. I, I get that. I think they would just kill him off like they do RDJ. Instead of making instead of giving us a new Iron Man, uh, they'll just give us someone else. Like, they'll give Sif
0: mortal roll or something. Donald Blake shows up. We finally meet Donald Blake. And he's got a walking stick. Turns out, he's Thor now.
1: I'm just saying, it wouldn't surprise me. Down the road. Oh. That they can find a way to have a Thor that isn't Chris Hemsworth. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. wouldn't surprise me either.
1: In world, everyone's replaceable.
0: Thunderbolts. These are rumors. Must say, these are rumors. Which means it's true. At this point, yeah. There's it's, a, it, yeah, it's true. There was a leak in the ship. It's JPEG's fault. I don't care anymore. It's Chapex's fault. Um, Thunderbolts. Um, Harrison Ford, who we know is playing, is replacing um, William Hurt. Hurt. Uh, we don't, no,
2: you gotta
0: let him get it. Uh, William Hurt as uh, uh, Thaddeus Ross. Uh, will be the president of the United States, uh, and he's siphoned radiation to become oh, the Red Hulk.
2: Sorry, I, th- I I thought there was other Thunderbolts news. I, there is. I don't I don't know about this one. This sounds silly. Him <laughs> siphoning radiation—that sounds silly.
0: Um, I we we we've, we've talked about it. Like the idea that like the only reason to recast Thunderbolt Ross is to bring him in and, as Red Hulk. Like frankly, like otherwise, where else do you go with that character?
2: Also. Reading Tony Coates' like, oh, thirty issue Captain America run, <clears throat> General Ross, uh, now now like second to the president, is a major character in that book, and he hasn't been Red Hulk Red Red Hulk, all thirty issues. Then at the end, he he's like, I need someone to try to kill me. That's the only way I can become Red Hulk. And then he he becomes a hero, and he becomes Red Hulk. I'm like, oh, That's it's awesome. I'm I'm actually kind of excited. <laughs> I've
0: got well, it. because it'd be kind of cool to see the the president show up as Red Hulk. Yeah, um, that is
2: that is super interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, this could, this is gonna be fun. This could, there are,
0: in, be fun. there's some more rumors here. Um, for example, uh, it will tie in with Captain America four, which I think we probably figured, judging by how they're how close together they are on the on the slate, mm-hmm. um, and will be primarily about a a arms race to get more vibranium, um, uh, kind of bouncing off of the aftermath of Black Panther Wakanda Black Forever, which means that Val is meant to play a large role in both movies.
2: Yes, it makes sense for Thunderbolts. I don't, I don't know if I need Cap, the Captain America movie, which is also part like Hulk movie, uh, uh, because of who the characters are. I, I guess you can make it about vibranium, but like, I guess you can do it because like in the comics they do it, but it's do more. Like it's all that's about everyone's vying for 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 vibranium. So like I guess they can just do that. Kinda,
1: you just kind of have to. You can you can build up to. You don't have to, but you can build foundational for the thunderbolts film yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna say yeah do you have more
0: do you have more i well yeah we'll have one more thing but it's not about for the thunderbolts. uh it's not about the vibranium thing
1: okay that's fine say say the last thing
0: uh hyperion is supposedly the villain yeah of thunderbolts
1: yeah um i going back on some of this like uh specifically to like Ross might be the president. I'll say I'm like I'm not super stoked about the idea, mostly because I've been thinking about this a lot, kind of because of Andor more than anything, and that I've realized that the MCU is just not that interested in building a world, which sounds weird, but like it's it's interested in like having our main characters crossover and interplay in in their stories, mm-hmm. but it's not interested in building out the world that that surrounds the real them. world. It's not interested yeah. in forming a, a like. A, a cohesive narrative of like this is why like we we talk about like the sokovia Court stuff kind of in the aftermath like after they made civil war that nobody thought about it and it doesn't make any sense anymore and, now it's just and like they just kind of make joking references to it but like it <clears throat> should have fundamentally changed some things and it it's now not really being fleshed out well no because they and, said in the whatever the last movie was the Sokovia accords don't exist anymore they it was She-Hulk. She, 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 no, she yeah. Right, right, right. And that's what thats what I mean. It's like, you know, you, you get to that point and like the same thing with the blip, like... <laughs> It's not that interested in fleshing out like how the world is actually affected by these superheroes. It only is interested in so much as like the single film that we're watching is going to talk about it. But then past that, yeah, they're not building a world because, around it. Yes. And it's all the more reason why, like, when you say something like, "Well, Hertz Ross is going to be the president," now I'm like, "Cool, that'll be like neat for that film, I guess." But it's not going to inform anything about the world. And I'm getting a little tired of yeah. that. Andor made it very clear to me, like, Andor is doing it very well, but all of Star Wars is always interested in in like actually expanding on the concept of how the world operates like even the not as good star wars projects are doing that but 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 the mcu doesn't do
2: that yeah um speaking of of one of the best mcu movies iron man 3 like we have a president in that movie and that's just a dude right and we have a vice president who's just a dude and they're like yeah they're both like pivotal to the plot of that movie (laughs) and they're regular people that when you make the president just one of your mcu characters you're negating the real people aspect so it's just you're following superhero man or superhero person like you're getting rid of the the the, the regular people and coming, that help flesh out the world that you're trying to talk and about. And coming off of Falcon and Winter Soldier, like this is one of
1: the I'm excited about the Thunderbolts movie, but I am not so excited about the idea of like where we're going to do politics. And the same thing can be said about the Captain America movie. Like I'm very nervous about it because like I especially I, with the people making Falcon and Winter Soldier making the Captain America movie. I think the whole the whole idea is of of how global politics is being handled in the MCU is so so loose yeah that i'm not sure they're ever going to define it and the more that they keep throwing things at it the more murky it gets and the more i untenable i
2: feel it is
0: sure yeah i totally understand that uh i also don't know if this thunderbolt scene can go up against hyperion
2: yeah i, I was talking to him about this like i it's love the Thunderbolts. i love the thunderbolts and also the squad of supreme which uh apparently they're also in the movie but not as much as hyperion will be like the main the main dude he is like the leader and stuff right we're just doing the Suicide Squad from 2016. Maybe they yeah. can not
1: they recruit an internal.
2: If they recruit an Eternal. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense for the Thunderbolt team. But, like, that's the Thunderbolt team is already not what it's supposed to be. But we're just doing Suicide Squad where we're going to have Harley Quinn with a bat go against Superman. Like, y'all, what does Yelena Bolova get against Hyperion, against Superman? That dude literally can rip the earth in half. Like, <coughs> I just, why? <coughs> unless this is purely like they're doing cool politics stuff that we just don't know about. I don't know why you would need all of these. These suit super, the, the superpower people to go against Hyperion, like this just doesn't seem like a fun idea.
0: No, in fairness, like I yeah. know that the, MC, the MCU has done this this well. Like, Black Widow always has a villain to fight, um, that's not as strong. Like, she doesn't go up against Thanos or Ultron, yeah. she goes up against the Ultron goons or the yeah. or the weird spindly things. Like, she goes up against those people, but like Hyperion is one. Is it like if you're going up against Hyperion? Hyperion doesn't necessarily have like minions. Like I don't, I don't think I want to see them do like Hyperion minions. The, the squad of Supreme are the Justice
2: League of our world. Yeah, they like there's Power Woman. She is, she is Wonder Woman. There is the Flash guy. There is the Green Lantern. They had literally equivalents, like the exact same thing.
0: I love the, yeah. I love the squad Supreme. I think they're great.
2: Yeah, um, and I think again, like if they're in the movie and they all like the team has to fight the team, that's even worse odds. That's even yeah. worse odds. There's no way. There's no way that uh, that uh, Red Guardian is going to take up Squad Supreme. So, again, unless there's, like, there's the original Thunderbolts team that I still is somewhere in the movie with Zemo and they're doing stuff, I hope that there is there is more than just we have to fight Hyperion because, like, that is just not interesting to me. That is not an interesting story. Hmm. But we'll
3: see. Ben, pull up Mag's comment real quick. Are on it. Uh, does that allegedly mean Nighthawk in a Marvel short film with where the Mandarin will reappear? Are Night- you... I okay,
0: real quickly, Meg, are you saying that the Mandarin short film uh he uh the All Hail the King introduces Nighthawk? Ooh, that might have been a thing where they
2: use his like real name in prison as like a goof off. Maybe oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah that, that, guy, that, that, the like guy that was looking after him. that 100 percent that could have been, been I, I doubt it. That guy's dead. I doubt it, Mag. Um, but that is good memory, good Mag, reference. That, if that is like, if it's who you're talking about, that guy got shot in the face. Damn. Well, there's multiple Nighthawks as well, so who knows? But but yeah, that's that's a, <clears throat> I have I I've I've only seen that thing once, like a decade ago. So like, there you go.
1: That's awesome. I I question if we need the Squadron Supreme in the MCU. I don't. And certainly, like, you don't question it. No, because I think every character can be valid, and I, I've read enough of those books where they they have they have merit. That's not what I mean necessarily, but I, I, I'm i not saying like necessarily that they can't have a good film. I'm just like, do we need them in the MCU right now with everything else that
2: they're they're like
1: working on or working towards? I'll and tell you Fantastic what, for and everything? I and hear
2: you 100%, but like I didn't think I would need a Werewolf by thing until I saw it. We don't have a Superman. So,
1: so here's like, my counter to that. Yeah. We're talking about introducing them in a Thunderbolts movie. Sure. Is that the place to introduce the Squadron Supreme is as is is as the secondary possibly villains of a Thunderbolts film, not their own thing, if they are meant to be what they are. They're not going to... Like, people already didn't latch on to the characters of Eternals. Squadron Supreme's going to go over much better. No,
2: no, that's why they're not getting their own movie.
1: Yeah, but I don't know if this is... I just don't know if there's quite the... It's not that the Squadron Supreme can't be made into a good film in the MCU. It's that I don't have faith that the MCU can make a good Squadron Supreme film at this moment
2: in time. I mean, I just, I just, we don't have enough information. Like honestly, like I, I like <clears throat> they are not the first choice I would be to put in a in a uh, uh, Thunderbolts movie. But like, if you're having a team of of villains going against a team of other like anti villains, then I see a story where that makes sense. Yeah. But like again, I it's just too early. It's well, on not it's on my first I'll choice. <clears throat> I'll put it this way. Like, it's not that
1: I would want it, but it makes far more sense to me if you told me that the movie is about the Thunderbolts going to get Namor.
2: Like, that makes it's more not, sense right now well, with what we've had laid out for us. I, it makes more sense that if it's doing the Vibranium War thing, then probably the, Especially. U, the U.S. government is using the Squad Supreme as their superhero team uh, to fight uh, 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 whoever they want, basically. Right. So, like, I, I think the Thunderbolts will will be good guys working for the government who will branch off uh-huh. And, like, because, like, the government's doing bad shit, then they'll call in Squadron Supreme to bring them in, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're going to be, like, the super cops.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, we have um, uh, Bucky. There's no reason why Bucky would go. Like, he knows the value of this. Like, he's got, if they're going after Wakanda or even Telecon, uh, exactly. Bucky wouldn't want to go with it.
2: I think it's unfortunately going to be very, very much the Suicide Squad, where we're a bunch of good guys, maybe bad guys, who we're going to end up doing the right thing at the end of the movie. Because uh, again, certainly with Marvel, they're not going to they're not going to allow your characters to be bad guys.
0: No, but that said, that said, I think what Sparks said has a lot of merit because, like, I would prefer the Squadron Supreme to have been introduced in their own film. Like, I I do really like the Squadron Supreme. I, I I've read a lot of their stuff. Um, I think that they have a lot of merit. See, the thing is, like, I could see a world. I'm not saying this is what they should do, but like, I could see a world where they were where after Secret Wars they start they introduce the squadron supreme and like that they become like major players in the next arc of the mcu in the next saga of the mcu um i can see a world where that is i could also see them being introduced in their own movie it's just weird to me that they decided that this team of thunderbolts should go up against hyperion and the squadron supreme that's if, the that's the weird thing to me
1: if it is true and that, that 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 is the the thing that to me is is that i'm not saying the squadron supreme should have their own movie necessarily to be introduced what i am saying is that i think that audience should know them in some way before they're being pitted against other heroes we already know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it is narratively meaningless. As you said, it sounds boring to you. It, it it doesn't make sense to me because I haven't encountered them in this film iteration before. This would make more sense to me. Again, like another example, it, they can't do it, but let's say Icarus hadn't died at the end of Eternals. Yeah. Spoiler, sorry. Then saying they're going up against Icarus, that makes perfect sense. Like Val and them found out about Icarus, sent the Thunderbolts after them. At least that, I get that because we've had something to lead me to that piece. I don't think like introducing
2: them in the film where our heroes are going up against them, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I agree with that. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be our hero team who are quote unquote bad guys are going, to, are going to are going to fight the mission, and then they will be brought into. They'll them. be brought in. Yeah, and they're not mm-hmm. going to be part of the movie a lot. I think they're going to be they're going to be the taskmaster, but it's but it's a group of people, or it's you know something like that. And like, I don't think they're going to be in the movie as much as we've we've talked about this longer than I expected, which I'm really happy about because no one gives a shit about Scots and Scream. Um, I just I think I think they they wouldn't have chosen to be in this movie because like they are government stooges at times. So like I did, there is no better movie than the movie where it's all government stooges. In my opinion, again, I just don't know the full story. It's so like if I think they they wouldn't have chosen unless it made sense for the story.
0: I really like that Heroes Reborn arc that Jason Aaron did. I thought that ruled. Oh, the, Sp- the
2: fake reality. I love
0: it. Yeah, where the Squadron Supreme is being controlled by the government, and they flip and they and they make the Avengers the bad guys. Yeah, Well, there you awesome. look at that. Make that movie. All right, Disney, keeping around the wheelhouse. Wait, wait. I know
2: Ben loves the Squadron Supreme. I didn't hear what he had to say about it. I'm I
0: kidding. have nothing to say yeah, about I'm, I'm, Squadron Supreme. I'm, I'm kidding.
2: I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: So Bob Chapek, we all love Bob Chapek, right?
2: You're lucky I caught
0: this news, y'all. You are. Uh, I am really happy you, you did this. I was uh, shocked if you,
1: hadn't, if you hadn't. Listener and friend John Radley texted me like right right when we started, and he's like, "What is that? <laughs> is that the Is that the theme of Bob Agger? Iger coming oh. back? Trumpets blare." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Bob Iger, effective immediately on a Sunday night, effective immediately has been reinstated as Disney's CEO, and he will remain in that role for two years while he while he moves the company into a brighter future, gets it set on its next path, and grooms his successor. Wow! Um, wow, wow, wow. Which will be somebody else. Bob Chapek, who was his the person he picked out of a hat, seems like um, mm-hmm. to take over the Disney company, uh, is out, and it seems like. Out, out, not in the company anymore.
1: Let's be clear, not out of a hat. He was the president of the parks side of the company. He was the leader of that side and that division specifically. <laughs> and uh, that there was a lot of board favoritism on that pick for sure when that came out. A lot of the board was very happy with what he was doing at the time.
0: Well, a lot of the board were not happy with what Chapek was doing over the years um yeah. apparently like the black widow thing when when scarlett johansson sued for the money for the for the decision to to do the day and date premium tier on disney plus uh apparently the whenever people had to talk to talent because of how Chapek handled that they had to like really work they had to work the extra mile to be like we would never talk to you like that because he like really destroyed that relationship with scarlett johansson
1: that's amazing uh it, let's let's you know let's throw out a little small laundry list of some of the things so bob chapek horrendously mishandled the reaction to disney helping back the the politicians who got the uh anti-gay bill in florida passed um his response to it was awful his uh need to move cast members to jobs out of uh uh wanting to lower the taxes that he had to pay for them Uh, as employees of the company forcing them to relocate to Florida and a whole bunch of them in queer who are queer or in queer relationships uh saying like this isn't cool this is unsafe this is awful um for us to be forced to right around the same time as that bill um just the genie plus thing across the board has not gone over well the magic key thing hasn't gone over well a lot of parks division stuff just hasn't gone over well during this time um and Oh, there was another biggie. Oh. Oh, uh, the whole Pixar thing with Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Pixar films not being allowed to get to theaters until light year. Rude. Pixar not happy about it.
0: Well, I think also we talked about it how um and this is all speculation. Bob Iger had a wonderful working relationship with people like people who worked at Pixar people who worked at Lucasfilm, the people who look at Marvel like he brought those companies in because of how good how, because of their working relationship he liked working with them he had a good relationship with them um uh, he made Disney the company it is now We speculated that one of the reasons why Feige might not be um, putting his money where his mouth is when it comes to certain things that he wants to do at the MCU could be because Chapek is worried about putting it on Disney plus. Um, you know things like Moon Knight be, not being as 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 brutal as Feige wanted to as wanted us to believe. And now this, that's just speculation. But we what we could have been seeing was perhaps ChayPek not having that good relationship, not having that goodwill with the higher ups at Disney, at the different Disney subsidiaries. That uh, and and therefore uh, the the quality of projects started to lack. You know we could have been seeing that because ChayPek was just really strict about certain things and he right and disney plus was his baby after a yeah. while uh chapex well because like he was like i everything's everything disney plus everything is disney plus i'm moving I, p- yeah. hard into disney plus
1: so i hear what you're saying there um and that's why i was going to bring up is like you know we'll
0: never know for sure we'll never know yeah but
1: like i have to imagine that disney plus would be a little bit different under bob Iger, like bob mm-hmm. Iger. Was the one who set out to create Disney Plus, created the idea of it, got all the all the contracts done for it, and I have to believe that on some level, like it might have been minute, it might have been big, who knows where it would have been different, but I think we would have a different state of Disney Plus Mm -hmm. under Bob Iger than we have with Bob Chapek.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think
1: he's just there is a general amount of like not dissatisfaction, but just kind of like it's all right yeah that's kind of how like disney was riding high on a whole lot of avenues of entertainment and what it was doing and it's all kind of gone down
0: to
2: yeah it's okay
0: yeah yeah it's there
2: yeah it's still going it's got that Andor.
0: and yes. or and now that's not to say that Iger is responsible for nothing but glowing things at the disney company like he had his mess he had his miss ups there were not every movie was great um but like Rise he, of Skywalker still happened under Iger. That's true. Uh we'll blame Chapek on that one, actually. We'll <laughs> retroactively do that. Why not?
1: <laughs> nope, that's uh, on that's on Iger for sure.
0: <laughs> we'll never never forget. Um and ChaPek and was the one who wanted to do the um the premiere system on Disney Plus, the same day theater and thirty dollar uh tier. Like that and which has not been implemented since that first year. Um that was a horrible idea. And it really you not as bad as what HBO Max ended up doing under ATT with their set day and date thing, but like that still ruined a lot of relationships for the creators of those films.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. for for news generally come like doesn't come out on weekends like this. Mm-hmm. Like generally, like when something like said, we would hear about it on Monday morning. So like whatever something happened. Where yeah. whether it was a business meeting, that it was it was a conference call, it was just somebody got he- something happened. Where you're out of company tonight, my man. Something, something like news does not drop on Sunday at eight o'clock like this sure. unless something really got, bad happened. It yeah. got built up
1: to, yeah. But also, Bob Chapek probably shit the bed. Yeah,
2: there's something that like the, the the switch was was the the candle was was on, and it's like then it's, it's crazy. I can't. Yeah. It's
0: according to the article I read, the quarterly earnings were much much lower. A company a company low, um, certainly uh, for a certain amount of time. I forgot. I forgot what. Uh, that was JPEG's saying. Apparently, the board has been begging Iger to come back for the better part of a year. Iger himself in S- September said, "I don't miss, I don't miss my job. I'm happy being retired. I'm good." So, like, what, what did I, what did J-Pick do to make this happen so quickly?
2: And how big was that paycheck for Iger?
0: Yes, that that's
2: a retired who. man who already worked at Disney for how many years? Fifteen like- years bob i cannot tell you how bad we need you how many zeros how many zeros just tell me <laughs> to be honest to be honest who knows because like
1: Iger is one of those people who can be like money doesn't mean anything to me oh my god like, he's like davos oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like they they, they get your something company else. for free <laughs> somebody's somebody's getting an arranged marriage out yeah, this yeah. One. oh yeah yeah <laughs> Look, that's
3: right. um i i cannot say honestly i don't know much about the about the corporation side obviously but I will definitely say because I was only able to go to Disneyland this past Thursday because a very good friend of mine gifted me a comp ticket. It was true, and that and that was awesome. And I, even when I went, because I obviously wasn't going to buy pay for Lightning Lane, I wasn't going to pay for for Genie Plus. I'm like at this point, I'm just going to go and have as much fun as I humanly possibly can, which I did thankfully. But the entire time I was there, and even my friend Blondie, she met up with us later in the day. We were just ta- co- constantly complaining about Chapek and all the stuff that he's doing to the parks and I'm most this is mostly about us the parks um and just like all the the um like the genie plus all how expensive it is and even that same day people were trying to buy new magic keys for Disneyland and they couldn't because bots got them or uh, no I'm I might 16. be crossing I might be crossing streams with the Taylor Swift stuff but those those keys sold out and even then when people were trying who were who were waiting for. You are, magic- you are
0: real quickly, you are. The Taylor Swift thing had a yeah. serious bot problem that the government is looking into, um,
3: Ticketmaster's mon- monopoly to see if they should break it up. You're right, you're right. Um, but anyway, but anyways, going to the magic key thing, people were still mad because they wanted to buy ma- people who never owned magic keys, i.e., people like me. If I wanted to get a magic key, good luck, because I probably wasn't gonna be able to get one because the servers were super full and they crashed.
1: I uh I talked with uh, jeremy over from comic madness about this uh and i said that magic key passes are the new san diego comic-con badges mm. <laughs> um and that's how they're going to be handled Ooh, yeah. at, at least under bob chapeg and maybe it won't be that way now yeah. god i would i would i would love if in the next few months Iger went we're going back to the annual so pass the program reverse just, just, back just, enough hardcore badges. just back on that back up? because the thing that always gets me is a lot of these bad changes that have happened, a lot of them have happened at Disneyland specifically. They're not mm-hmm. happening at Disney World. Disney World still has annual passes. Disney World mm-hmm. still So they changed the uh attendance policy required for their cast members. Uh I, I think I might have mentioned it that they ch- that they changed it, which is which is a huge deal. It hadn't been changed in forever. Um and it it significantly harsher. It only changed at Disneyland. It did not change at Disney World. It didn't change at any of the other parks. This was a punishment system put in only at Disneyland um it is bad and let me tell you i would not be surprised it could be uh any uh, other people but it wouldn't shock me if josh diamaro is the person they're looking at to be chapex replacement josh diamaro is the current head of the parks has chapex old old job mm-hmm. um josh diamaro has basically run this whole time in the Chapec dynasty usually coming out with a message not long after chapex to kind of like fix it
3: like mm-hmm. what
1: brandon was referring to with the like to, i would never talk to you that kind of way kind of doing a similar thing of like usually handing the cleanup. Josh Amaro famously making more of the appearances at D23 because JPEG couldn't show up to face the fans. Uh, hmm, I wonder why. Interesting. So it wouldn't surprise me if De Amaro is the, the future CEO. Um, when I, it could be somebody else, but it wouldn't shock me because he's kind of been JPEG's cleanup guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but one thing I do want to add just really quickly, like the, right before we recorded this news came up on our text thread, I showed Fanny and she instantly said, maybe I will renew my magic key because she already has one, and her renewal date's coming up. And now that Iger is coming is, is coming back in, mm-hmm. is coming back in, she's now probably seriously thinking about fixing it, because at this point in time, Iger can't do any worse than what JPEG is doing.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I
3: think I Iger...
0: Know... Oh,
1: sorry, real quick, I don't know how much you guys know about like the Genie Plus system, but they just recently, in this last month, changed it so that um it's no longer just a... Mm-hmm. Like not not the individual rides, but like the overall thing that it's supposed to be. It's no longer a set price; it now varies by the popularity of the day. That's (laughs) just oh my god. I I, I think Iger.
0: Here's the thing: all billionaires suck. If you're a billionaire, you suck, and just inherently. I'm sorry. Um, Iger was not a bad CEO for Disney. He made Disney what it is. Like frankly, Disney was not where Disney is now. It was not 15 years ago. Look, being critical of him, it's not so much that like
1: Iger loved to take care of the fans or didn't love to make money. Iger just knew how to what the benefit was of cutting costs or giving a little to the fans in order for longevity and encourage spending on a good relationship. Yes. He knew how to cultivate a relationship that was long-lasting with the fans. Bob Iger is in many ways responsible for creating a a whole generation of disney fans there who felt like disney catered to them Mm -hmm. yes and by fostering that relationship through the decisions he would make he would maybe like pull back on things because again like fundamentally when disney plus was coming out all of us were stunned by the price that it was starting at because Iger knew if you start them in low like that they'll
3: they'll stay. stay with
1: you yeah if you bring them in low they'll stay with you you'll get more people he understood that. He understood how to cultivate a long-lasting relationship.
0: But the, and the thing that sucks about that is when Chapek started to talk about raising the price of Disney Plus, which the price is raising, and the, with the add tier system, Um honestly, I'm glad Andor is out because before Andor, I was like, eh, maybe I don't renew it. Maybe okay. I wait till the next Marvel thing. Like that was the kind of thing. Well, that's every three months. Well, <laughs> but like you know, maybe I take because people were talking about people did this with Netflix back in the day. I don't know how many people still do this, but like people used to do it with Netflix. <laughs> they would cancel the Netflix subscription, kind of watch what's going on, watch what, see what, see what show they might be interested in, and when that show drops, go buy Netflix, watch the show, cancel Netflix. Like I thought maybe, you know, maybe I start doing that with Disney Plus. I'm not making a lot of money right now. There's really not that much on Disney Plus that I'm really that interested in right now. Then Andor came out. I'm like, well, okay, I'm gonna. Go. I'll keep you. Yeah, <laughs> you brought me back in.
3: Part of me is kind of hoping that one of Bob's or excuse me, Iger's—I forget—they're both named Bob. When Iger's first order of business is to be like, "What the hell are you doing with this new ad tier system for Disney Plus?" No, stop it. No, I won't. That won't go away.
0: No, I don't think that'll go away.
3: Now, once I it's
1: do. implemented, they once can. it's yeah. once it's there, but but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they try not to inch any further above what they're doing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I I would say I do want to say real quickly just my final thought on this. I think what we could start seeing uh, is perhaps the executives that we know, the, the, the Feige's, the Kennedy's, the, the, who's running Pixar now. I don't know. Um, uh, Those people, we could start seeing a lot, perhaps better work because they'll feel like they have a better working relationship with the CEO again.
1: Yeah. I definitely think that's possible. And I hope that, that, I hope it will be the, well, sometimes uh, I hope that will be the, Relationship that will be fostered in with whoever is picked next instead of yes. Um That's why I think I think
0: the I think the language there, like you know, Chapek was not like prepped for the role of CEO. He was brought, he was made CEO, and then and then he then Iger took a seat on the board for a bit. Um, this guy will be shadowing perhaps shadowing Iger for a while, getting ready to take on this role. <laughs> meeting these people, meeting the all these, building these relationships. that Chepek just didn't get to do.
1: Yeah, Chapek always had this agenda of the way he looked at things was, you know, we're not making enough money on the parks, raise the price price of everything, raise the price of all this. And Iger understood like where incremental raises should happen because if you raise it the way Chapek does, then what happens is less people spend money on merchandise or food in the parks. And Mm -hmm. so the overall amount that you make goes down. Yes, Ben's a great example. I'm also the same. I don't I I I would spend more back when I had my annual pass and uh would go because like it felt like a system where like you're basically here for free. That's not real, but that's how it makes you feel because i yeah. like so you're like, well I don't mind buying a thing like this, but boy, with the new age, like you feel the cost of being there. Yeah.
3: Oh god. I mean we the, the biggest thing Fanny and I got when we were at Disneyland this past Thursday was a sip and saver pass for the festival of holidays and we sh- it wasn't like i buy one she's buy one we shared that shit yeah we yep. made sure that sucker last us as long like our um our like deal was she would buy the simsera pass i buy the drinks and even yeah. then those drinks was just like i go up there it's like man just it's just not the same anymore <laughs> yeah yeah this is good news i'm happy about
0: this news well done. No, well done
1: god god bless the new regime Ch J- J- get the F out. I this is like
0: coming. this is like David Tennant coming back to be the doctor for a bit for a minute and then, and then the next doctor shows up. Yeah, except Jody Whitacre and just like, you know, spit on everything. Spit that on all doctor episode before, before beforehand. Right. I hate doctors. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys like Escape from New York? I do quite a lot. Well, Radio Silence, the team consisting of Matt Bettinelli Bet- Bet- o- open, Tyler Gillette. And Chad uh, Villella are set to direct a, re- a a new Escape from New York. If you guys don't know who they are offhand, uh, VHS, Ready or Not, Scream Five and Six.
2: Oh, fart! Yeah, I didn't recognize their names. Um, that's awesome. The I those are Scream's great, Ready or Not's great. Uh, I, I saw the first VHS. That's great. That's
0: awesome. People are all Hell
2: yeah! Hi yeah. Ben. Yeah, that's a that's a great John Carpenter, Kurt Russell movie. Hell yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, I, I like these guys a lot right uh, here not it's awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: Five Cream, baby.
0: Five Cream was great. I'm excited for Scream 6. Which comes out in four months. Yeah.
2: How, time. We just saw Scream, I feel like. Wow.
0: Sony's universe of Spider-Man characters. Oh, Jesus
2: Christ. There's, there's, <laughs> more, there's, there's more news? Oh, wait. No, This I think this one's a good one. I think there's news from some... No, this is a good one, I think. If, if I think we're... Number.
0: Sony, Amazon Prime, and MGM yes. Plus have announced a partnership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will produce a full slate of Spider Man spin off series shows uh, set in Sony's Spider Man universe. So, you know, you're Morbius, your Venom, you're, you know, those guys. Um, the first show will be called Silk Spider Society. We kind of heard that this was happening a little while ago, that the Silk thing was happening. Um, Angela Kang, who uh, was the showrunner for The Walking Dead uh, and some of the upcoming spin offs as a consultant producer, probably creator also that's it though like she didn't do uh, anything else
2: so uh i didn't know who she was and i was like oh she worked on walking dead that's that's i don't like the walking dead but she worked on the most recent seasons which people really like right. so apparently she's good
0: and she has been on the series since its beginning which i Ooh. found out she was a she wasn't the showrunner but she was like a producer and she wrote many episodes and she's been on it for since 2011 cool um
2: right. so she's got experience in tv hell yeah all
0: right she will be the showrunner I love it. Cindy Moon's cool. Silk's great. Phil Lord and Chris Miller are going to be the executive producers of all of this. They yes. are running this. This is the this is what they are developing uh, for for Sony's universe of Spider-Man characters. Um, they will executive produce Silk and f- practically the wording suggests maybe not all of it, but mo- most of it. This
2: is awesome because while this is part of the Sony universe, blah blah blah. It doesn't feel like it because Lord and Miller make good movies, um, and I'm and I'm really excited because like they've been doing they've been working more on TV stuff. Like they they did Clone High, which is a remake of an old show that I used to do called Clone High, uh, where like Abraham Lincoln's a teenager and shit in high school. Um, but like yeah, Silk has has been rumored for a while, and the fact that it's actually happening is really cool. Um, is, again, interesting. Like if there's not going to be a Spider Man because like Silk's whole thing is like she's she's like no Spider Man and shit. Uh, but regardless, like that's great. Uh, it's a it's a cool character to to give to give screen time to.
0: I have a theory that it's probably there there is a Spider Man in this universe and it's going to end up being Tom Holland.
2: So it's just going to be Spider Man. Yeah. I, I I honestly I just wish that were the case. I wish they just made it easy because uh, like it's just you need a Spider Man in your Spider Man universe, but not, but not MCU Tom Holland.
0: I think, okay, so there is rumor. There is rumors uh, floating around. I didn't put this in the news, uh, but there were rumors floating around this week that uh, a new deal was very close uh, for Sony and, and Marvel to uh, bring back Tom Holland for a new Spider-Man trilogy and, of course, Secret Wars mm-hmm. and King Dynasty. Um, that is still so far a rumor. There's been no confirmed reports. But a little bit ago, there was talk that one of the upcoming Spider... Madam Web... Uh, was going to introduce Tom Holland as the Sony Spider-Man. Whether or not it's the same Spider-Man, whether or not it's a different Spider-Man, I don't know.
2: I did not hear that rumor. But again, there are a million, literally a million rumors a day. Boy,
0: I yeah. hope not.
2: Yeah. I hope that Madame Web is just... It's its its own self-contained thing with the own spider people. Because if you got... You got Ezekiel. You got, you know, potentially Kane. You got, there's more than... It's hard. There's it's more hard. There's more, there's more Spider-Man than, than Peter Parker. It's Thompson. hard It's hard to believe that Tom Holland would be like, yes,
1: I want to do even more Spider-Man stuff than the stuff I'm doing for the MCU, considering that he's like, I don't even know if I want to
2: do another.
4: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Of,
2: of, there are a lot of rumors and like, obviously, you, 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 especially with the Marvel ones, like the Marvel ones feel like, you know, this is real or not. I don't know about that Spider-Man one. That feels like, that one feels like, a, like they're just... Sh- that's something that probably isn't the talks of happening, but like we sh- we don't know about that. I don't think anyone knows about that.
0: It came from a the rumor. I think specifically came from a set fit a, a set photo uh, from like the finale of Madam Web or something where we see I do uh, uh, I don't. It's been a couple of weeks, but it, no, I I, it's not, I think it's it was
2: Ezekiel, it's Ezekiel in a Spider Man suit.
0: That's the villain of the movie. It's a it's a spider but it's a Spider Man suit. So I think. I think perhaps maybe the rumor spun off from there, um, or it came from an ups- unsubstantiating thing. The thing is, like, look, when it comes to rumors about Sony, there's someone at Sony just yelling shit out- off the balcony. <laughs> we, hey. you know, we it's know that year, because. Yeah what a,
1: a rad shouting i think that the deal they made with the mcu is the worst thing ever and these are all the things i think should happen
0: <laughs> yeah uh because we know we, we know there's a leak in the shit in the sony ship because they the entirety of no way home uh most of no way home's cast was spoiled before that uh, before that movie was even shot um yeah anyway look i don't know I like, chris, I like phil lord and chris miller i have little interest in the in the in the sony's spider-man universe um, but this, they they are the two creators that I would go back for. To be fair,
1: as you always point out, executive producer can sometimes mean shit. That
0: is true, it so, doesn't necessarily I, mean let's creative
2: hands. Now, I will say that I'm sure they will be involved, yes, pretty heavily. They are people, in this first they show, they specifically are people who do not just throw their names on things.
1: I believe that I believe they will be pretty heavily involved in this first show. Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced they'll be involved in every single project they're going to roll out down this pipeline.
0: Yeah, I agree blumhouse something interesting happened with blumhouse apparently jason blum and james wan are in talks to combine their companies atomic monster and blumhouse into one that would be a uh supply a mega supplier quote a mega supplier of horror films
2: that's great i think it's mean, really worked, cool they've worked together from like the beginning of james wan's career so like that's that's that only makes sense, and it's not like this is a a I'm eating another company, and if we're gonna we're gonna lay off the staff. This is we're two horror companies. We want to make more horror. Well,
1: uh, well, Atomic Monster has been been part of non-horror films, which is part of why I'm just, like a, li- a little bit of a bummer if this means James Wan gets locked into horror entirely. Well, I, with his company now, I don't think it will, but but. Because
0: Atomic Monster, Atomic Monster, what's interesting, what I like about Atomic Monster is that obviously it's his, it's his production company, uh, so it's it's attached to every film that he directs. So you know Aquaman and all the conjurings and all the, but like it's also become a place, and this is most, this is a mostly recent thing uh, within the last five six years um, that other directors have done Atomic Monster productions because they are produced by James Wan because James Wan liked the script or he liked the director and he brought him on in, in Atomic Monster. Uh, help that script along and produce that movie and that so if so that's kind of what i what i like about this is that like you know you know blumhouse has been doing this forever they they do great horror movies sometimes bad horror movies but you know uh everyone's got a a resume like that and combining the two uh could meet could just two great creators like it could be it could be really cool it could be really cool
2: and i don't i don't see james wan being someone who's like oh i'm Let's combine companies that we're never gonna make. We're only making horror. Like I think I don't think that's, I don't think that's that's the world we live in. I think well, I just... think
0: I think it could be. I think potentially it could be that the new company would become a mega supplier for horror, like the like like they said. Um, yeah. uh, and James Wan uh, sometimes goes off and does his own thing, unattached. You know, maybe Atomic Monster, maybe a Blumhouse Monster, Atomic Blumhouse, whatever they're gonna call it next. Um, it, is, it just just doesn't do Aquaman three or doesn't do the trench that I want them to make still. Yeah, because those
2: are. Also, like, or tied to Warner Brothers, too, so.
0: Yeah. But anyway, could be cool. Yeah. Very exciting week for me, because they finally announced a new Gamera movie. Mm-hmm. No, could be a show. We don't know. We don't know what it is. It is a new Gamera project. Gamera, uh, as uh, if you guys recall, audience members recall, um, I w- recently watched a bunch of Gamera movies, four, five Gamera movies. I really love the Heisei trilogy of Gamera films. They're incredible. Uh, Guardian of the Universe, Secret of Isis, Legion. Uh, I forgot the full title of that one. Um, I think that is awesome. I think that trilogy is incredible. I re- I'm really into Gamera. I wrote a piece about Gamera for Kaiju Raman. Kotakawa, who is the owner of Daie, who owns Gamera, for some reason was never didn't seem interested in making another Gamera project in uh, what, what's now called the Reiwa era, where we're seeing a bunch of Godzilla stuff coming for this era. Shin, uh, Ultraman recently came back for this era. Common um, Rider. Uh, there's tons of tons of stuff coming back from this era. Gamera is, was kind of lost in this kind of like, everyone's screaming, like, when are we getting the new Gamera thing? And I'm really grateful that Kotakawa finally announced that Gamera Rebirth will be coming to Netflix Japan next year. Uh, probably globally at the same time or roughly around because um, mm-hmm. of Netflix, Japan. Um, th- it's unclear if it's a show or a movie, but it's most likely animated uh, and anime because they also released the trailer on their anime page. So that would make sense. Uh-huh,
4: uh-huh.
0: Um, we don't know much about it other than that it is happening and that I am excited as hell for it. Bring on more Gamera. So stoked. The director of the heisei trilogy shizuki uh, kaneko apparently had approached kotakawa uh to make a new gamera movie um because he realized he noticed what well, we all notice. you're not doing anything with the camera hey i've got an idea for a new gamera thing in the reiwa era um t- will you let me and they said no we already got this in production but he's apparently like really excited about it and uh re- like supports it so hey man really happy to see this really happy to see this Hell
2: yeah very cool
0: uh real quickly mag in the chat Gamera needs to be appearing more where kaiju movies are getting a huge following right now yes i think in the west things like ultraman and Gamera are probably going to still struggle a bit uh whereas godzilla wouldn't uh shin ultraman recently announced this week that um it's getting two days only in american cinemas finally uh through Fathom Fathom events and so, like you know, there's an uphill battle for the for these things that aren't really Godzilla, because Godzilla is really huge in in the West, but these other ones aren't.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm so that's why I'm really happy that this Gamera thing is going to Netflix because it guarantees that I'm going to see it. Um, where I wasn't quite sure if I was ever going to see Shin Shin Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy about this. We can never get that Godzilla versus Gamera movie, but I'll, I'll take another Gamera movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Comic book news. Sparks, the Dragon Ball Super manga is returning yes, on, December, on December 20th. The Dragon Ball Super manga, it's been on hiatus for a while now, um, and is returning to our pages, right? Is that right?
1: Returning to the internet.
0: Yes. Um, it's going to be a prequel to Dragon Ball Super Superhero leading up to the event. So we are skipping a bit of time uh, to kind of get, get us closer to the events of that movie. Uh, trunks and goten they they looked at uh, they showed us some footage some footage uh, art of them having donned roles as superheroes Mm -hmm. i think they look really cool it's exciting
1: it is exciting i'm very intrigued by the fact that they're time jumping to be a prequel before the movie considering where they left that manga off yeah we're just gonna let that story stew for a while i guess
0: well, what's interesting is like it It does the people are saying, oh, this confirms that what they were doing on Beerus's planet was was training for Black Frieza and everyone and, and I'm like, that's ah, three years. That's three years. Black Frieza just disappeared for three years. Sure. Anyway,
1: that's a lot of time to kill a lot of people.
0: Yes, yeah, true. Um, yeah, cool. I'm really excited about it as I, I recently got caught up. So. Cool. DC comics has a, had a big news week this week. Um, a line wide multi, uh, multi-event narrative called dawn of DC will start next year. Um, will can be composed of 20 individual comic book titles. And it it's going to kick off in January with action comics, uh, 1051. um, which will change? We've, we've talked about it before. That's going to change the format of that book of Action Comics, um, and we'll continue through the through to the pages of Unstoppable Doom Patrol, mm-hmm, which will be the mm-hmm. next one, and then from and then it will go on from there. The titles I've got the, a list of the titles which I'll mention in a minute, and it's going to spin off spin out of the events of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth and the Lazarus Planet. The Lazarus Planet apparently playing a major role in some of these titles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Some of the new titles that were announced <clears throat> Superboy Man of Tomorrow which was a round robin winner. Uh, the most recent round wa- round robin. This will be out in April coming from Kenny Porter with art by Janoy uh, Lindsay. Unstoppable, Unstoppable Doom Patrol will be coming from Dennis Culver with art by Chris Burnham. That's cool. I like him. Mm-hmm. That'll be out in March. Green Lantern Hal Jordan coming from Mariko Tamaki. Uh, no artist yet will be announced. Uh, coming out in April, Green Lantern John Stewart will be written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. Again, to be announced artist, and we'll see John. Uh, most of these didn't have a lot of a plot synopsis, but this one did. Kind of like a give you a, a taste of what this could be. Um, we'll see John go back to basics as the military-trained, gritty but heroic uh, Lantern. Okay. Uh, I, I like. Uh, Especially, I'm actually really, really excited for Marika Tamaki on Hal Jordan. Like, frankly, I think that's really cool. Um, Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Weirdly, uh, only two Batman books on this title on this list. Well, because um, there's already 400 on the stands right now. Oh, for sure.
2: I mean, yay! Uh,
0: this will be coming from uh, various creative teams. It's going to be an anthology. Um, for example, the first issue includes Tom King, Mitch Gerards, Guillem Guillem. Gil- Gil- March, Dillard. Gabriel Hardman, Dan Mora, Rob Williams, and more. Those are all DC peeps. Uh, out in May. Green Arrow from Joshua Williamson and Sean Isoxy. Iza- so good. he's pulling double duty. He's also writing the new Superman title, self-titled Superman title. You now Green Arrow. Out in April. The Green Arrow family will is going searching for Oliver Queen, who's been missing since the events of Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths. Um... That's cool. A Green Arrow family book. I'm into that.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm into that book, yeah.
0: Shazam, written by the creative team of Batman Superman World's Finest, uh Mark Wade and Dan Mora.
4: Oh, oh no <laughs> Josh. Oh
2: god, thank you.
0: Uh great 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 names there. I love I can't wait to see Dan. Did you see the cover for this one? It's got Shazam riding a dinosaur. I'm into yeah, that. Yeah, it's
2: pretty it, yeah, Dan Mora does does no wrong.
0: Uh This one has a cool synopsis. So it's out in June. Hanging out at the Rock of Eternity has uh, his secret clubhouse that can travel through space and time. So it's going to see see Shazam. Sorry, I wrote that wrong. It's going to see Shazam hanging out at the Rock of Eternity uh, a lot of the time. Um, Space and time, as uh, well as punching dinosaurs in the face. Um, Seeing how long he can hold his breath on the moon. This is the things that he's going to be doing in this title. Uh, And getting into wild and fun adventures with his tiger, Talky Tawny. I like the idea of just a Shazam title, just doing crazy things, going through space and time uh, with the Rock of Eternity.
2: And I'm talking Tawny—that's a, that's a, that's a character I haven't heard in, a, in an age.
0: That yeah. actually sounds very fun. It does. It does appear that uh, World's Finest is ending after Lazarus Planet, though. So
1: it a nice little run. Yeah. Uh,
0: working title for the Penguin. So a Penguin uh, series is coming, um, but we don't know what it's actually called. Could just be called the Penguin. Written by Tom King with art by Stefano uh, Gaudi- Gaudiano. Yeah. Um, we'll see a retired Oswald Cobblepot now living in Metropolis being forced back into organized crime by the U.S. government. That sounds pretty all right, Mister Tom King
2: writing it. All right, Penguin in Metropolis—that's a story. Okay.
0: Now, now this might have told us when that Penguin show's coming. It will begin in June, ahead of the release of the HBO Max series starring Colin Farrell. Damn, spoilers. Well, so. ahead of
1: it could mean any time. <laughs> yeah, but I don't
0: think we're looking at, I think we're looking at it like a time frame now.
2: In a couple, of like a month or two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Steelworks. Creative team to be announced. It's going to see Natasha Irons, uh, 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 John Henry Irons' niece, mm-hmm. uh, take over the mantle of steel. He's going to be in it, but she's going to be the main hero.
4: Okay.
0: Um, and will coincide with the 30th anniversary of John Henry John Henry's first appearance in 1993's The Adventures of
3: Superman number 500. I see. Th- I have that book. Sell it, make a mill. Make a no, mill. No, it's, it's wrecked up. It's wrecked to <laughs> shit. It's not worth a <laughs> mill. Someone will buy it. I don't. I'm not selling that book. That, that's the that's the one where Superman's all ghosty, right? I don't remember. I haven't seen the cover.
0: June, is that that's out June, that's
3: just, let me look and
0: then up. finally Cyborg, uh, will be really well. Again, we don't know the creative team for this one. Out in May, uh, Victor Victor might just hold the secret to Earth's future. Is all it said. Um, now this is just a sampling of the titles we saw a we saw a timeline of. You know, there's probably a Batman event. There's a Hawkman book that seems to be happening. Brainiac's tentacles are on the uh, are on Do the you poster. The, the of the Titans, yeah. That was unrelated, so I didn't put that one in here. That's
2: that's completely related. Nightwing's getting turned into a Titans book with the original Titans characters. Well, that's That's the news. It's Tom Taylor. It's just Nightwing is turning into a Titans book. The book that I've always wanted. It's just, hey, do you like the Teen Titans? What if they're an adult What if they're grown up now? And that's the book that he's like, I love it. I'm so excited for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tom Taylor. uh, People were speculating that perhaps Tom Taylor would leave the book after this, but it sounds like he's on it for the long haul, which is
3: exciting. So it is the book I have. That uh, Cool. 500.
2: Nightwing is always relatable <laughs> Grayson right.
0: I thought this was kind of neat in the solicitations for this week, the DC Comics solicitations. Uh we saw a book called Shazam, Fury of the Gods special. Shazamly Matters number 1. This is going to be a, a prestige anthology one-shot, written uh out in February 2023, written by get by by take a little bit of a deep breath here. Zachary Levi, Grace Caroline Curry, Ross Butler, D.J. Col- uh, Katrana, uh, Adam Brody, Faith Herman, Henry Gayden, Colleen Doran, Josh Trujillo, Tim Seely, and more, with art by Freddie E. Williams II and Andrew Drillen.
2: Wow, a lot of actors who I who I know are write great writers.
0: <laughs> so basically, this is the actors who play the various members of the Shazam family writing specific stories about their characters in this anthology one shot.
2: That's 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 cool. Uh, yeah, that's neat. That's cute.
0: I think that's cute, right?
2: Cute, yeah. Um yeah. we'll see the quality on all on all of these many different one-shot stories. There'll be one great one. Be,
1: there'll be there'll one be one K5
2: that are like fine and two <laughs> that are just woof.
1: Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't have printed that. Yeah,
3: yeah And there's gonna be one that's like whoa, this is actually really good and then that actor turns out to becomes a comic book writer. I I honestly think that like,
0: I do think Zachary Levi could probably write a pretty cool Shazam story. I'm mostly in t- interested in Adam Brody, um, what he can do. Uh, I I'm I'm very curious about that story. That's the one that got me in- interested. Um,
2: Adam Brody becomes one of the greatest comic book
1: <laughs> You know what? <laughs>
2: It'd be cool. I got a feeling it's not going
0: to be. The case. I I got a feeling. I, you're I just
2: got right. a feeling.
0: Hey man, hope for the best. Anything can be good.
2: No, it's true. Just let me know when you read it.
0: <laughs> eh, I'm so far behind in my comics. Who knows when that'll there,
1: be? No. Not anyone can be a great writer, but a great writer can, can be... come from anywhere. <laughs> there
2: you go.
0: That's true. Okay, Red Goblin. Now on to Marvel solicitations. We Most of the solicitations that were on Marvel we've already talked about, so these are kind of the the, the other ones um, that we didn't know about. Red Goblin, uh, written by Alex uh, Pacnadel with art by Jan Bazalud. Bazalud, bazaldwa
2: great team great team
0: uh february 2023 normie osborne uh, gets a symbiote and becomes the new red goblin spinning out of the pages of venom
2: yeah so um yeah um so none of y'all have read venom since Donnie case's run ended and y'all need to correct yourselves because it's ram v and l ewing uh that book's incredible uh i will not say it's it's better than the Venom Run because they're doing very different things. But this Venom Run is the most insane, cosmic, like trippy Venom book you'll ever read. And it's and it's and I loved it. And they introduced so many cool things. And yeah, uh Norman Osborne's son, Harry Osborne, also has a son named Normie. And Normie doesn't want to be a bad guy. That's a terrible name. Hey, if you didn't want him to be a bad guy. You shouldn't
1: have <laughs> named him Norm. Listen,
2: legacy characters got <laughs> problems, all right? That's <laughs> a mistake. Absolutely. You think you'd learn. Uh call him, call him. Buster or something, who knows? Uh, no, but yeah, Normie's a little kid, he's gonna be the red goblin. Name him Peter, Name him Peter. Oh, that would be that would piss, oh my god, <laughs> that would just ha- Norman off so much. Yeah, his grandson's like Peter. Yeah, yeah, this is a cute idea. Honestly, the creative team excites me more than the story itself. Uh, both the writer and artist are exceptional. So, uh, all Marvel Unlimited, probably.
0: I am Iron Man will be out in March. It's gonna be a five issue miniseries written by Mirwewa. A Odell, with art by Doton akande This is going to be a celebration of Tony Stark's 60th anniversary, by highlighting untold fights from across the character's iconic eras. Yeah, so this
2: very much sounds like um, Spider-Man: Life Story, Fantastic Four: Life Story, but it's but it's Tony Stark's version. Um, and I am I'm over the moon about this because a solicitation uh you don't have to read the whole thing but the whole thing not (laughs) once does it say he's a playboy philanthropist egomaniac like this shit that we need to get away from the robert downey jr tony stark we need to get away from that shit um and it's just all about yeah here's a bunch of shit that you guys didn't see happen in his life and we're not gonna mention any about like oh he's gone downhill it's the worst day of his life and i'm like can we please not do that trope which is the new jerry duggan run what if tired what if iron man uh hit rock bottom like wow that's every iron man story so I am thrilled for this. This is a celebration of Iron Man. You know, the dude's an alcoholic. Let him rest, please. Let him rest. I'm so excited for this.
0: Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, I was getting a new ongoing series from Stephanie Phillips, with art by Juan Cabal. Ooh, Juan Cabal. Going to be going to be out in March. Um, I will read the synopsis here. It's it's quick. In a far flung corner of deep space, Frank Castle has eked out a, a quiet existence. and his days as Cosmic Ghost Rider are finally behind him, but across the universe a vicious bounty hunter is leaving a trail of bodies in his wake, and his name is Cosmic Ghost Rider.
2: Oh, this is another Ghost Rider.
0: When Frank's peaceful existence is shattered, he must suit up once more and face his, his most savage enemy yet. This is and old so-
2: man, old man Logan Cosmic Ghost
0: Rider.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. I'm into this. Also, Stephanie Phillips uh, who I mostly know from DC stuff, jumping over to the Marvel train. That makes me happy.
0: Yeah, I think this is really cool.
2: Yeah. I thought Ali this Cos- character wasn't going to show up for a while, so it's nice that that it's keeping around.
0: Yeah. I like Cosmic Ghost Rider. <clears throat> Excuse me. Star Wars Santa Staros. A new five-issue miniseries coming in February 2023 with Justina Erland and Pere Perez. Pere Perez? Pere Perez. Pere. It's... There's no. The solicitation doesn't really say much. It is a miniseries based on Santa Staros, uh, who is a fan favorite Star Wars character. Uh, when she first showed up, we all thought she was Santa Solo. Oh,
2: okay. From the yeah, comics. she's the
0: one. She's the one who knew Han Solo and Han Solo's uh, mm-hmm. not
2: not wife. Got
0: it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That's cool. That's a, That's cool. That's all the comic book news. Let's go into trailers. Tch.
2: <laughs> Why does my car sound like a gun? That was. I <laughs> <That's
0: laughs> a chainsaw. Car.
1: This is also a place for trailers. You should bring in your motorhome to this trailer park. There you go.
0: Legion of Superheroes, the latest in the current universe of DC animated films.
2: I'm, I would say probably the only like real Legion of Superheroes fan, which is not like. Not something to be proud of because, like, even I haven't read Legion book in like five years. But like, this didn't do it for me, to be honest. If Superman wasn't as involved, like, I don't know. I don't know. I need more. I don't know. Maybe. It kind
3: of reminded me of the Justice League Unlimited um, episodes where Supergirl joins the Legion. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, it looks good. I mean, I'm, I, I, I might watch this. I haven't watched any of the other ones on HBO Max yet, but. I mean, I'm actually kind of digging the animation. I kind of like it, but I like other than that, yeah, other than that, I don't have anything negative or bad to say about it. It's just like cool. It's Legion of Superheroes. I am also not a big fan of Legion of Superheroes, so I know I've, we've read some good Legion books, but other than that, it's just like that's cool. I don't think we have. I, don't
2: um, think, I, I know I've never picked the Legion book, and I'm the only person who would.
3: You know what?
0: We I did got, do a I Legion book. Books
2: over there. Book.
0: <laughs> we did do a Legion book. Sparks picked a Legion oh, book. No,
2: I picked the Legion, the you Legion, picked... the Jeff Johns, Gary Frank one. So I yeah. was the person who picked it. That's right.
0: That's right. Um, I'm the only one caught up with this universe. Um, That's
2: not true. I just said I watched them all. I watched oh, he... the, the the Superman one and the Batman ones and the World War II one. I've, we, I've talked about them on the
0: air. Is, did you, you haven't seen Green Lantern yet, right?
2: Oh, I forgot that even came
0: out. That I'm not yeah. gonna. Um, I I really like the animation style. I did offer behind uh, the scenes. I did offer to take this one out um, because I think I probably I I figured I was the only one who had anything nice to say. Um, I if this didn't team up Jensen Eccles and Darren Criss as Batman and Superman for the first time in this universe, I'd be less interested. And that's really weird to say because this is supposed to be about the Legion. And I bet I, they're not
2: in it that much either, to be honest. Yeah, I
0: think what we're seeing is probably the mo- the majority of what they're doing. It's cool to see them together, finally. Um, I'm happy about that. I like the two voice actors as Batman and Superman. I just don't... I don't know. I think this universe kind of sped up too fast. I think now that we're at, we're at Supergirl and the formed Justice League and the Legion of Superheroes, um, I'm kind of like... I don't know. Did we... Could shouldn't we have should taking our time a bit?
1: I, I but wouldn't yeah. Wouldn't you say like we don't need to introduce everything all over again, again and again and again in the animated forms that we can just like tell stories?
0: Yeah, that's fair. And be filling out the universe. But it's just it was just weird. It's still weird to me. And it was weird watching Green Lantern that we went from Superman origin, early Batman, Justice Society, uh, other world, other world, and then Justice League. No, the Justice League is here and we're doing it. And there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. I I know what you're saying, Justice League movie. Yeah, I I don't know. I just... I like the the animation. I'm happy with the voice cast. I I will watch it because I've watched them all and I'm into this universe. I like it. I'm happy with it. That's really all I can say. I just didn't think the
2: trailer was particularly good. Like, I, I like all the characters. I'm just like, I, I need a second trailer to really sell me on what you're trying to tell me here. I will say
1: it feels like it was made for a Supergirl audience that I don't know if they're around anymore to be grabbed. Mm.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. It, it
1: very yeah. much feels like, specifically this trailer, very much feels like it's trying to grab the people who watch Supergirl and are like, mon That, uh,
2: that <laughs> I know him. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. They do feature him a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Arm fall off boy. Brainiac. Yeah. Not a lot of people know he's part of the Legion. Thank you. I know Brainiac. (laughs) I, yeah. You're a bad guy, Brainiac. What do you want? I will probably watch this. I got to, I got to watch the Green Liner first.
1: That's not a knock on this, this project, but I do feel like there's some amount of like, this feels like it was made thinking about the the popularity of the Super Bowl show.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Missing.
1: When, when they initially were thinking about that, who knows? But like that, that is, it's hard not to feel like, some of the characters that are featured heavily here, both on the cover or in the trailer, is because of that show. Yeah. yeah.
0: Missing. Uh, what What did we miss? No, the movie is called Missing. No, it's called Legion of Superheroes. What are we searching for here? I'm confused. All right. So, this is the sequel to Searching, uh, which is a movie I really, really like. John Cho. Um, this is the, um, for those of you who don't know, this is the, uh, it's all on a screen, it's all on a computer screen, and John Cho is going through videos and and tabs and things and that's how the story is told um i i thought searching was exceptional quite frankly like i really like that movie um i wasn't crazy about like going into it i didn't like the gimmick of it i've seen it before and i've seen it poorly most of the time but going into searching i was pleasantly surprised that it's very interesting and very and very cool and i really like john Cho's performance so finding out they're doing it again with missing i'm very excited uh, I really like what we're what we're seeing here. I have no reason to think this won't be just as good. I I like Storm Reed's role. I like what we're seeing with her. The fact that her mom could be could have been kidnapped, but also maybe she's like this uh, 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 double life has this double life that Storm the Storm Reed's character did all know about. Very cool. I'm I'm into this. I I really want to see this. If you haven't seen Searching, highly recommend uh, check out Missing when it comes out.
2: I think. Knowing that Searching is a good movie gives me more faith in this. Just like just like the format of like can they can they get this right and they can. Uh, I think this is a good trailer. I wish they didn't show me so much of the stuff you were just talking about. I mm-hmm. wish I didn't know going into it that the mom might be in on it. Yeah, it was obviously- because like now mm-hmm. I know going into it that there might be more than, than the mom's missing. You, you literally you showed me so much extra stuff that I think would have been more surprising if I saw it in the movie,
3: mm-hmm. which,
2: which is probably out. a good sign for the, how good the movie will be. But like you didn't need to sell me on, on the whole movie, the whole
3: movie yeah like just the You're fact me, that the boyfriend you had,
1: at, you had me at her mom is the one who's gone and she's uh like contacting the guy in the country to like go check thing out things out and you could have ended the trailer yeah there. Before, before once we start I would have been interested of, yeah.
2: near the end where I'm like a little too much
3: yeah a little like, too much even if like the, the part where like they say oh the boyfriend might be in on it because the boyfriend's ha- went under other names it's like okay now you that, that was essentially my hook that was like okay now you got me now i'm curious but then you bring the whole moment that It's like oh you did reveal too much spike from x-men
0: 3 oh yeah uh inside
2: yeah willem Defoe. yeah get messed up inside a place you tried to rob yeah i'm ready to watch him slowly go insane that's, he's so good at. He's really good at slowly going insane. It's <laughs> one of his best features. It's one of his his <laughs> highest quality performances is yeah. him just slowly unraveling. I think this is an awesome idea. An art an art robber gets locked into the place that he's robbing, and like I guess the person's just not there for weeks potentially, and he just goes mad, uh, talking to pigeons or doing weird culty shit on the wall. Like maybe there's crazy shit happening in the house too. He doesn't know about. Like I always thought,
3: if there was a
1: fire, I wouldn't save my family.
2: <laughs> Eventually,
1: your sister will die.
2: It's, but art is forever.
4: Oh, art is forever.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, it's really sick shit. And I'm like, I'm ready. Uh, this is gonna be a, a a gross one, I think. Like he's gonna go some some in depth places. I'm
3: I'm excited mm-hmm. for it. He's gonna eat tropical fish to stay alive.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Senior. Oh, you didn't. How, how do you feel about
0: it? I have nothing to say about this. Interesting. That's, That's why he didn't want. To talk oh, about this. It. this was the one of them. Got it. Got
2: it. Got it. Okay.
0: I. I like Willem Dafoe. This it's looks like this looks like Willem Dafoe acting. That's really all I got.
2: Sure. Senior. Yes, this looks like. Y'all want to cry? Yeah. Like, hey. Uh, yeah, documentary about about the, the junior and the senior. Uh, probably going to go into some real life shit because that's a really uh, real sad childhood he had. At some we points.
1: all we all know what it's like to think about dads.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All of us now thinking about them in a past tense. So. Yeah. Yeah
1: it will be a uh i think very emotional captivating experience yeah
2: um netflix
0: yeah i believe it's yes. a netflix documentary um i originally didn't put this one on here uh not because i didn't think it was looked interesting i just didn't think it was in our wheelhouse to talk about but i well, i'm happy you did you you insisted i figure um,
1: i figure if we can talk about a trailer about um which we rightly should have about uh uh sydney Poitier documentary documentary we can talk about this one too
0: yeah um i'm excited for this i watched the trailer earlier this morning and i thought this looked really great i think i love this documentary format i really like that robert downey jr in the documentary is asking his dad how to direct the documentary <laughs> um yeah. i thought that i thought that's cute i i didn't know a lot of that stuff about his dad and i i'm i'm really in, i'm really interested in this
1: i think there's a lot to learn here i think the main reason why i felt like it should be in our wheelhouse is uh much the same way as, as pointy not that uh he's not an interesting man or anything, but like it's it's about the influence on film and that culture and how that feeds back on them. Mm-hmm. And that's what Poitier is about. That's what this is about as well. It's about how this family has both given to and fed off of a culture based around film. And we're all entrenched in that. We are connected to the concept of celebrity of both of these gentlemen. So mm-hmm. watching this notion of how that's played out between them uh, in the way that he is emotionally deciding to tackle it through the art of film I think is going to be really interesting and engaging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really want to rewatch Chaplin. It's a good movie. That's a good movie. Magic Mike's Last Dance.
1: Let's dance. dance. Let's dance. Uh, I, I, I was not prepared for how much... Um, Samaya? Yes. And uh, how much it was focused on those two. I, I thought this was going to be like the last
2: hurrah of like... The team of gentlemen I'm familiar with being around, Channing Tatum. That That is... And this isn't even a negative. I hope they're in the movie yeah. in some capacity. Because yeah. like, those two movies work not just because of Channing Tatum. Right. Because of that whole crew. Joe Manganiello and that whole team. So like, if they're not in this movie, I will be a little bummed out. But like... It's kind if, of like doing Pitch Perfect 3 with only Rebel Wilson and none of the rest of the cast. Did that happen? I didn't see it. No, no, no. Okay. But I'm saying that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah, would yeah. be like. Yeah. Um, I love the magic Mike movies i think they're hilarious i think they're a great time there's there's drama in it but it's not the point of the movie it's it's like we're get over the drama boys we got to dance we got a job to do um and and steven soderbergh is such a such a unique director where he can tackle literally any genre any all types of genre but like he still comes back to the to the stripper movies and i'm like god bless him what i think is
1: what i think is interesting about this is this idea of like something about what he's doing and how it's tied to sell hayek is like while we are focusing on males dancers and male strippers <laughs> is being feminist about it. Like, yeah. like there's something about trying to reach out to like what the female gaze is and embracing of it. And that might be part of the reason why it's toned down on the rest of the male cast yeah. is to fully allow to focus on not just like how they
2: feel about dancing, but how women feel about seeing them. Absolutely, yeah. And also, like, we are seeing a new group of dudes who I guess will be, like, like the... Where are they? In Paris? London? They're in London. London. Uh, will be, like, the new London crew. So I, I, I'm sure we're gonna get a bunch of new great people. I just I really want to see Joe Manganiello dance. That's all I'm saying. I just, just, just want to, like, let me pay money to see that. It would, it would be a shame not to see, like...
1: I haven't even seen these a movies, reunion. But, like, I, I'm aware of that team, and I'm like, it would be a little weird to have this, like, last
2: dance, and it goes out without any of those I other I bet they they will show up in, like, a, like a great cameo moment or something. They're going to do boot camp for these guys. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Um, Yeah, I just, like, this looks like a fun, good time. And, like, Channing Tatum, he was a stripper. He is a good dancer. Like, I, I like seeing that guy on screen. He's a great dancer. Yeah. I like seeing him do what he does best.
1: Lost City uh, went out of their way to have a dance sequence with him and Sandra Bullock, where he's, like, a really good dancer. Of course. And it's, like, one of those things where, like, Sandra Bullock's great. Yeah. I'm sure she's danced a lot. You could tell even though they must have rehearsed that a bunch of times, just how fluid and natural it was for him compared to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, it works because her character's not supposed to be good at it. Mm-hmm.
2: But like, God, he's effortless. He's just like, yeah, he's, he's born dancing. Elemental. Yeah, this is a cute teaser. I don't have yeah. much to say. Like, it's like, oh, it's a world where the Avatar nations are alive. Cool. I
1: will say it looks like it's going to be as fully like, explored of a world as pixar loves to get like every every like the way the way pixar loves to do things where like they thought about things more than we ever will about how the world works and why it has things like characters are featured and all that not a good example (laughs) but but there are others that are um and this looks more like it will be in that wheel no like when you have
2: when you have your main characters are elements you have to build a world around what elements would do to it. like like the car the train car has stuff for people who are made of wind and fire and stuff like yes. inbuilt built-in train cars so like, yeah i know what you mean so it's yeah. not designed in the same way as what yeah. you were exactly no, I was, referencing where yeah. like no but you're right
1: because like that centaur car thing makes no goddamn sense yeah and this everything in this world that we're being given is immediately like it's not catered to humanoid uh, beings human beings it's catered to these elements mm-hmm.
0: more zootopia less onward Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I know Zootopia is not a Pixar film, but but it. But but you're right. World building. But you're
1: right. I felt the same. I felt those same vibes. I felt about Zootopia, where I'm like, they've really thought about like, okay, so if a giraffe gets on the same train that a a bunny does, where does the giraffe's head go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's the same kind of thought. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I like. uh, I I like. Obviously, the animation is good. Um, The train. I noticed the second time I watched this that it's on water. Uh, it's a tr- it's a train on water i thought that was kind of neat. Uh, a little hint of like how they've perhaps thought about how this world and inter- how things in this world interact with you know, different dominant species mm-hmm, mm-hmm. puss in boots the last wish
2: thank you spider verse <laughs> this looks great the animation yeah. looks great
0: yeah i think this looks fantastic um yeah. i'm i really like the first movie i'm really excited for this one um I'm always kind of weary when we do these like lengthy distance from sequels uh, with, with DreamWorks specifically, because a lot of the time the creative team who originally worked on the first film doesn't come back for the next one. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I'm really happy to see that while that is the case with Puss in Boots, it doesn't look like there's any drop in quality, at least like, again, I like the first film. Uh, You might as well vary, but like, it looks like it's going to be just as fun uh it's gonna be man man they brought they brought the cat back who does the oh oh my heart sings for that cat returning in this movie i'm i'm happy to see the cat
1: that cat was used too much in the original um, sure. it's like one too many gags with the cat uh it, i think the, the more important thing to me is is that a the animations i would watch this for the animation alone um yeah but but i think they're telling a a really interesting story with puss um i i'm super intrigued by the the idea of him like i i genuinely don't know which way they'll decide to go with it like will will he get his wish and and get more lives and so they can make more puss in boots material are they gonna let him like you could still make more puss in boots material like we've never had this concept of like oh he could die eight or whatever amount of times before he would die so that wouldn't really change anything his his life would be just as much as taking any other adventure uh but like but but
2: the the idea of how they'll play that out what what that that meaning will be i just got a feeling that he's gonna spend the entire movie wanting to get that wish and at the end he's like actually i only need one life to live that's the message i mean it's it's
1: baked into the thing that like when you have one life that's when things really matter yeah um and uh, I think that could be that could be really cool. that's a fun idea to to explore mm-hmm. with Post and Boots. But uh, I also have to shout out that I think I really love that the villains uh, are, it, with Goldilocks is I'm gonna make a wish to make everything just right. And I'm like, <laughs> that's such a good just why use just right. No, I know.
4: Okay,
1: that's such a good use of the fairy tale mm-hmm. of of Goldilocks and the three bears to have it just be like, well, that's vague. Like, what does that mean? Just right for what? Just right for what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, 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 like Ryan said, just white.
2: No, I said what I said.
0: Uh, all right. Sonic Prime.
2: Gotta go fast. Well, man. Yeah. Right. say something now. Yes.
0: All
3: right. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm actually glad we're going to multiple universes. and We're not just going into the one. I'm actually very pleasantly surprised because when that second trailer dropped, I was like, are we only going to one? Okay, that's still kind of <laughs> The fact that there's multiple of them. And there's multiple, like, versions of them. It's like, you know what? Okay, that's actually more fun. I'm willing to, I like that idea more. Like, I still liked the first one, even if we were just in the one world where Eggman won. But that, but even though, like, this council of Robotniks or Eggman, and then Sonic has to go into constant other alternate universes to save his own, it's like, that's actually a pretty neat, um, that's a pretty neat concept. And was- I... What
2: that was like a cancel of Eggman for some reason. I immediately went to like the Koopa kids,
3: and, like that was <laughs> Koopa
2: kids. And I'm like, no, it's like Eggman is little egg kids, but they're probably right. It's probably just a multiverse of Eggman, yeah,
3: yeah. So I'm, I was, I mean, like the first, the teaser trailer, I was down. I love the animation, I think the animation was great. Uh, second trailer, I was still down because I'm like, okay, the alternate universe, cool, haven't done that since the comics in a good long while. And then multiple alternate universes, like, okay, I'm in, I'm like. Bought and sold. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know what the Council of
0: eggman reminded me of? Super niche. Remember that Dexter's Laboratory movie where he meets his older selves at various That's moments that. in the time? Ego trip. Yeah, reminded me of that.
3: Oh, I don't. I don't think I ever saw that.
0: It's oh, yeah, crazy. I remember there's like, like
1: there's like thirty-two-year-old buff Dexter, high, uh, high school teenager nerdy Dexter, uh, old man with a cane Dexter, and
2: I'm just a brain in a jar Dexter. Oh. Yeah, the, the the Council of Blanks has been a wonderful sci-fi trope since I know from the 70s and 80s from Fantastic Four, from the Council of Reeds and Dooms and stuff, so like, everyone uses it I love it.
0: Council of Ricks mm-hmm. Council of Ricks Council of Ricks. Sparks? Um,
1: I would have said everything Ben said so, alright um, I'm I excited, nothing, I'm excited
2: to add. I'm excited for a Sonic show, it's nice Gotta
3: go
0: fast I did really enjoy the Speed
3: Force moment where Shadow shows up Oh, no, that, was that was pretty cool. cool that was a good that was a good uh guns. A, a good little hook to like hey i remember shadows in the show i thought this was
0: pretty good um i want to yeah. see it yeah. shall we do our main topic dream dive all right now we're now it's time to talk about the latest netflix original film slumberland uh Remake of Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. Jason Momoa is...
1: More like a sequel. More more truly an adaptation from the comics, Little Nemo Adventures in
0: Slumberland. Starring Jason Momoa. Um, yeah, full spoilers, guys. It just came out on Friday. Full spoilers. If you haven't seen it, or if you care, skip ahead, do your things, pause it, whatever, come back to us and, and resume. Uh, do whatever you want to do, but you've been warned. Spoilers, what do we think about this?
2: One second. Um I really like this movie for its main cast of Marlo Barkley as Nemo who's the main character and also Jason Momoa as Flip um, I think our two leads are exceptional I think that little girl honestly has more chemistry than almost any other little lead I've seen in a movie this year Um, Jason Momoa is always good at what he does but he's bringing an extra level of fun in this movie I think Mm -hmm. Um, I think for this being a Netflix movie it's surprisingly colorful which was something I was very scared about. The only real, only real problem I have is that sometimes they like, it's very, very green screeny and very, very like, I know like it's very CG, but it doesn't detract from the movie because even the set that they're supposed to be on is supposed to be a giant empty city. So it even doesn't bother me when I think it looks bad. I am overall extremely impressed with this more than, than I, not that I thought it was gonna be bad going in, but I had no expectations. So I think that that sent me over the moon. I really, really like this.
0: Sparks of
1: yeah, um I also really like it. Um there's a thing that uh I get very accepting whenever um movies are doing a thing where uh it's in video games or it's in dreams and I, I like if CGI gets weird, I'm kind of like I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um because visually things are supposed to not look perfect. So it doesn't really matter. Um so that being said, I thought that they played with the palette of what they had very well. Um this is a pretty far stretch away from what the story of the comics and and thus the animated film based on the comics features. Um, there's no king. There's no kingdom of Slumberland. Um, this is all uh, about a very personal story with the father. But that being said, um, I think that they did something really interesting in adapting it, and I think that they um, even though they take liberties with Flip. The character and the relationship with Nemo is the core of the comic, is the core of the anime film, and is the core of this. And I think that that's rendered really well. And I agree with Ryan about both our leads as well as Chris O'Dowd, who I think oh Chris O'Dowd, uh, is yeah. doing really well. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. And um, there's a turn we'll talk about it in the film where like the movie all of a sudden gets like, so this is what the movie's about, and you're like, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> so I I was I was also pleased. Uh, it wasn't the. It wasn't the Slumberland movie I was expecting because I was expecting something more like what I was familiar with. Um, but I'm grateful for that because I also didn't think they would be able to pull off what I was familiar with. And I think they pulled off something entirely different
3: in a good way. Then I was pleasantly surprised with this movie. Like like Ryan said, I didn't have any expectations for it. Um, I love the animated film. I grew up with it. I had it on a VHS. And I was... As I was watching when, like when we see Jason Momoa as Flip, it's like, that's not the Flip I remember. But, of course, I kept trying to tell myself this is a different style of Slumberland. This is a different story. And the more I saw him on screen, the more I saw him interacting with Nemo, the more I loved him. The more I loved both of them, actually. And I would definitely say this is, I mean, I do agree with Ryan. There of our time. I think my only biggest nitpick is some of the green screen shots look too green screeny, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I think this movie is pretty solid. It's a great story and it does pull at your heartstrings like really hardcore.
0: There's this bit in the beginning that I really like when she hears the foghorn and she wakes up and she does the classic the classic oh, I just stretched my arms oh, what's going on? Like, I, I thought that was brilliant. Kid um, move. So happy to see that. Uh, I was... I loved this. Like, oh, I really. Gosh.
2: Brandon, I was so. Scared. I, I honestly thought he was going the other way. I swear, I thought you were saying I hated this. I was like, I just don't know how we're gonna have this conversation then. <laughs> oh,
0: thank God. I I I was so scared that you guys weren't gonna like it after I turned it off, and I was like, shit. <laughs> um, like
1: I understand that 37 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. Goddamn, should have been lower.
0: <laughs> like that that when I saw that 37, uh, it was 45 when I last saw it. it was just like. Oh crap! You know that's why I texted you guys. Like, are you sure we want to do Slumberland? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, like, you know, we could do something else. We could do whatever. But, you know, we were like, no, let's do Slumberland, and and I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And uh, um, I don't think I've cried harder in a movie.
2: Yeah, no, it's, like, period. It's definitely. God, it was it was so funny us watching it because like, <laughs> let's just get into it. Like like the, like yeah. the Philip moment. Yeah. Like the reveal. There's five of us on the couch yeah. watching it and then and megan she's like i didn't think this movie was so good so i want to set it i want to set it up, set set it up, it up because yeah. it's really funny so
1: <laughs> full credit to megan um so the scene starts and it's this part where philip played by chris O'Dowd, says i really want to show you something and he That's goes right. to another room and megan says out loud I I now want to show you this was your father's first doorknob, and it was so goddamn funny. And I laughed so hard. And then and we all laughed. It was funny. And then that same scene plays, and it plays all the way to the end and took such a turn and a reveal. And then Megan's like, I wasn't emotionally prepared for this movie. <laughs> no, but then, that, that, Everybody's
0: crying. That's exactly how I felt about this because I was watching this movie, and like I've been I've been very honest about what's been going on with me. But like, I was watching this movie, and I got to that scene where they're watching the videotape and the really reveal that he he's Flip, and all these stories have been about him. And like, I started crying, and I like while I was crying in the beginning too, uh when 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 Kyle Chandler dies, when she has the dream of Kyle Chandler being taken by the nightmare, like I, I started crying then. And like I was holding it back, I was like, "Oh, okay, we've got the sad part. Now we'll do the adventure." I needed days to mentally prepare myself for what this movie was going to do to me. My God, I I did not have the 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 uh, warning that I would pause this movie during that scene and be like, "I need to call my mom."
2: It's it's <laughs> so like it's a very emotional scene, but the line that 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 cements it is. Mm-hmm. Is he never forgot about you? He told me stories about you every single night. Yeah, and then Crystal Dow starts crying, and then I know all of us are just like, Jesus Christ!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) the second the second he pulls the second he pulls out the trunk and he opens the box and I see the jacket, I'm like, oh shit, no. No, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me, movie. And he's playing it, and then he's telling about how he was flip, and then it's just like everything connected. I was just, I was like, oh my god, Chris, because the whole movie... What I
0: like, what what I really like about that is that she figures it out. She's seeing him, she's like, flip? He's like, yeah, that's what he used to call me. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't tell her. She
3: figured it out. I was like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no. And the thing about Chris O'Dowd is I, like when we first meet him and he's talking, he's on the phone. I thought he was on a, like, a, like you see him in a suit. So you obviously think it's like, okay, businessman, like hardcore businessman, like straight corporate guy. His cell phone and, rings in the beginning of, when we first see him at a funeral. Uh, he's at his own brother's funeral. And he's like, no, he was lost his seat. No, like lost, lost. I'm at his funeral. I'm happy with my plan. And he puts <laughs> his phone away. It's like, it, it was a freaking telemarketer.
1: Yeah, he's so, he's so awkward and he doesn't know how to do any of this. And they really set you up for, like, <clears throat> the trope of what kind of person he is. And slowly, slowly are showing that, like, yes, he's a little dull. Yes, he's he's maybe not so good at this. But he's trying. Mm-hmm. He's always trying. Um, and it only gets into grander and grander moments. And then there's the big, the big leap into trying to
2: open up about his history with her dad. And, and why he is the way he is Because his brother He thinks his brother would basically abandon him Yeah um, And that's just rough man That is I did not expect that In this fun family movie Well no no uh, It's not that his
1: brother So it is that his brother Abandoned him He felt that Yeah But then it was also that His dad would call, uh, Her dad would call And he had nothing to talk about Oh no He would tell him all about His great life Yeah and yeah then, And then he would Have to tell him about his How dull he was Yeah And that hurt him so much That he just stopped Answering the calls Yeah And let them go to voicemail, and and then he was
2: gone. Uh, uh, Yeah, Uh, Yeah. it's it. That is like 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 Mm. around the middle of the movie. So like the first half is like pretty whimsical, and I'm having a great time. Like the like the uh, if you're if somehow if you're watching this and you haven't seen the movie, you should watch it. But like, sorry, we ruined it. No, yeah, yeah. Like, but you should know by now. He's a full spoiler head. Like they're going from dream to dream. To, to find these pearls <coughs> to make a wish so this girl can see her her, her, her dead father, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm cool with that plot, I love the plot. I didn't think the pearls were gonna be real. It, like sometimes dreams do come true, like that is that is really nice. That is the one thing about this movie I really like, where like everyone can have a happy ending actually. Um, oh, and I had a point and I lost it, but boy, I still like this movie so much. The, the, how whimsical it was. Oh yeah, opening. and it's just like, we're going from like scene to scene of just like pure imagination in a completely different way. Like the dancing the dancing butterflies or moths or whatever, Gorgeous, beautiful, and then something completely different. It's a giant city dri- being driven by Emmett. Emmett, I'm in my truck, mommy. Like, love that kid. Keeps sh- showing up some more, Emmett. I loved it. Uh, I like her uh, tats. Yeah. Drive
1: faster, good sir. Yeah. Uh, it,
2: it, I every new scene we went into, I'm like, I love this. I love this, and like, I, I am so much. I'm so. This guy is so confident in the movie that he's trying to make. It. I'm like, man, I'm just. There's so much going on visually. Uh, and again, being on Netflix, like, so, like, we are so lucky. You brought it up. The, the the School for Good and Evil and this movie, I think they're both pretty good-looking Netflix movies. They don't, they're not completely... Better looking
1: than a lot have been. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's, like, there's, like, not, not like, almost, like, you call it the Russo effect. But, like, the first time they go into the dream, like, and she's on the island, it's green, like, very beautiful and green and the blue skies. I'm, like, shit, there's color in this movie.
3: Hot dog. Love it. Not only not only that, but just the effects of like when she first goes into the lighthouse and meets Flip for the first time. I mean, obviously it's bright and super colorful and vibrant, but just the little the little touches that you see. Like when she first walks in, you see this the the picture of the boat just like rocking along the waves and just how everything is bright and you can tell it's kind of like when you're in a dream where you know this is a dream, but everything around you is just so familiar. Mm-hmm and you it's just familiar enough that your brain tricks you like the passing that this is the place i know Mm -hmm. because i've had dreams where i walk into a building where the outside of the building is something completely different but i walk inside Mm -hmm. and i see little knickknacks and other pieces and pictures that i recognize and i'm like wait a minute these aren't supposed to be here what's going on and then i see like a a relative who passed away or something it's
2: the it is the bureau of like subconscious safety or whatever they're called mm-hmm. making sure you get all those dreams not the dreams you want then the dreams you need and that's mm-hmm. even better cuz like oh they show you not what you want but what you need like that's some real subconscious
0: shit i love that well they like, then
3: they gave me one well, one time they gave me a dream i really needed
0: i really enjoyed uh the dream design i thought one of the things that i am quite never confident when it comes to a movie that deals with dreams is that they would go you know, that they would do something interesting and crazy and, and fun. Um and I think most of the most of the time they do. And I think this movie uh, utilizes the dream spaces very well. Uh they feel like real dreams that have happened. There's the bit where um where Flip is like um uh where he's like uh uh what what about Canada? Is like oh flying flying geese, like uh flying on a goose. But really? Yeah, it's number one dream in Canada. <laughs> Look it up, Google it. it. Then we see it. um and then we get the payoff um i thought that was really cool and i really like the look of the dream lighthouse the safe space that the the dream bureau created for her um and i love how the grass is flowing in the in the breeze so um soothing um the patterns on the wall uh in the in the lighthouse are really cool uh i was really i was really into that 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 um that look um
2: almost like the TVA from Marvel. Uh, uh, this Bureau has, like, a 70s aesthetic that I love. I are trapped yeah. in it. I just trapped in like, the <laughs> I love that. But
1: they make, like, subtle decisions with how they'll aesthetically show something. Like, there's a scene where she's watching walking down the hall. Agent Green is walking down the hall with Nemo. And if you look in the back, like, the hall twists.
3: Yeah, I saw that.
1: Every so slightly for, like... But they don't draw a lot of attention mm-hmm. to it. But, like, it remains in its warp dream logic oh, yeah. for a lot of the things it does. Um, I will say that I think they did a... <clears throat> they were very smart too. I think there's a fair amount of people who would potentially have a problem with the fact that like they're constantly returning to the same dreams, but they have a line that directly referenced like the the best way to get a path to where they're going is to be able to travel through recurring dreams Mm -hmm. so that they know where the doors are. Um, And so they're specifically tracking the doors of recurring dreams. Um, So that's why, you know, we're constantly returning to the same things rather than it, it getting so diverse. And I think that helped them a lot because they were able to create very, very fully realized ideas of what dreams can be without having to constantly and constantly refresh and
2: renew them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they could have done something like they do in Multiverse of Badness, where like, we're gonna go through 20 dimensions in 15 mm. seconds. And I'm like, no, we got to actually spend time here and spend time here and spend time here. And I'm like, not that that's bad in Multiverse of Annas. Like, I just, I'm glad they didn't, they didn't rely on, oh, we're only going to two places in this entire movie. Like, no, we're jumping places.
1: Um, I have to shout out that I do think they captured very well in live action, the most iconic imagery from the comics and the animated film, which is the bed. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah. And coming to life and walking across the city, um, it's, it is the image that, that comic is known for and subsequently that anime film Mm -hmm. so the fact that they included it here i thought was really great that they realized it the way they did i thought was really great
2: i know you said you really liked that they don't explicitly say it but nemo what is the dad yeah there's an implication it feels like that nemo is the father yeah it's like all the stories from the past are stories he had and this right. is almost like a, like, a, his, like a legacy sequel.
1: Yes. Uh there is an implication that like once upon a time there was a kingdom of Slumberland and all the stories of the comics all happened mm-hmm. and uh Flip was his his brother mm-hmm. in this scenario. So like you can't one to one everything but like there's it feels like there's a vibe that uh, the story you know from before is the story that happened before this movie and you could you could say that that's true. Sure. Um, which I think is nice. Yeah.
0: There was um I really I really Going back real quickly to some of the dream design. When we first see her nightmare of, the, of her dad dying, um, there's a sequence, there's a sequence where she comes out of the out of the lighthouse and this giant wave comes over her and <coughs> crash and crashes the lighthouse. Um, I really like that when we go back to the night the nightmare domain, um, the Sea of Nightmares, it's that location again. We you see the the lighthouse is destroyed and uh, the pier. So I kind of I kind of liked. Doing I kinda like the implication being that Nemo that all that Nemo had been there before, the familiarity mm-hmm. that Nemo had with that location, it being the place where she saw her dad die. Well, not really, but like in, in a dream, in a nightmare space. Yeah. I, I I thought that was good. Um it very much
1: uh this is not very, like, shadowy are nightmares in in the comic and the anime film. Not necessarily in the way they're done here. This is much more reminiscent to me. What it was reminding me of a lot is the James and the Giant Peach iteration of the thing that kills the parents, which is the, the, like, dark cloud rhinoceros. Mm -hmm. This idea Mm -hmm. of, like, the smoky, shadowy monster, like, animal that has taken the parents away, I think is, is kind of an interesting, especially for young children, like concept of, of creating what is essentially a nightmare. James and the giant peaches. It's not directly a nightmare, but it is essentially a nightmare a living of, nightmare of what took their parents away. And uh, I think that they do that effectively here with the, the octopus uh, yeah. that kill, that kills the squid, the father. Stop it. <laughs>
0: um, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a bit where she's trying to sleep. She's too upset. She can't sleep. <laughs> and uh uh just to highlight one of the lines i like but she and she decides to read the lot the lock picking book to it'll put her to sleep and she's like this is interesting and throws it to the wall this, that. Movie, this movie is very funny
2: i think yeah. both leads uh are really good uh again that little that little girl uh Marla barkley like <laughs> so talented like so so many emotions in this movie yes. for, for a little actor um yeah. i just i thought she carried the movie so well and again like jason momoa He's always fun and everything he does, but like there's like it's cranked up even a little bit more. He's like, I'm kind of part wolf, man, man, maybe.
1: I think this. Like, I think this
2: is one of his best. I agree. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this
1: is one of the best performances I've seen Jason
2: Momoa give. And there's oh. heart there too. Like you feel, like I feel the heartbreak. He's created his own Beetlejuice, and good for him. Yeah, this
0: definitely. Yeah, Beetlejuice vibes. I one of the things that I was I was kind of worried about with this movie as it went on. is I. I wouldn't have minded if that was the direction they wanted to go with the story, but I'm, I'm, I'm in hindsight, happy. They didn't do this. That slumberland was a real place. Um, They didn't like, she doesn't wake up and, and everything had been a dream. We know that's real place because once she, once she frees flip, Chris O'Dowd all of a sudden becomes basically a different person. becomes a much more confident person Um, that happens because of what she does in the dream. So I, I did really like that. They, at the end of the movie, they didn't try to like, a total recall us they're like no this is slumberland was a real place that yes, this journey I, happened yeah
1: i agree with that completely because that's an important part of like that's the stories in the comics too is that that slumberland is real like yeah. where they go when they dream is real that's a real kingdom that's a real place um and so i i'm also grateful for the fact that like
2: it's it's fully happening it's very real i love yeah. and i i love the ending and it is like it's almost like too cheesy, but like Flip gets released, and then Chris O'Dowd's like, "I'm me again," and he's like immediately starts taking his clothes off. Well, like
1: immediately, what he's not just him again. He, <laughs> no, I know. He reabsorbs the personality of like 15 or 20 years of repressive of, re, <laughs> yeah. of a guy who's been living in Dream World, like we talked about. I'm like, I guess he just knows Spanish now, yeah, because Flip learned Spanish in Slumberland, oh, yeah, like yeah. so he's like, <laughs> got he... this whole second integration of identity.
0: And he remembers, like he he knows that he's also Flip, like yes. he like he even said he even says it. He's like, yeah, I'm Flip, and I'm um, he's like he has the memories of the journey that he that Nemo and Flip went on. Yeah, yeah. Flip. Flip. Yeah. I, like um, I, I, I did love... really like. I did really like the ending. How they were, they were going to go dream together on an yes. adventure.
2: I I just, I love like again how like just pure magic that this is like th- his part of his soul has been returned to him and now he's a different person because of it like i love that like they're just willing to go that far and like 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 everybody like like i like it would have been so awful if like oh it was all a dream and i just got to learn to accept (coughs) things And i'm like what if magic is real and we can make witches wishes and people can become alive again like i just love that magic gets to exist in this world uh Mm -hmm. it's it's the nice thing about like entertainment and film yeah like when when
3: philip get when flip gets or, or when philip becomes whole again and he, because the whole time, like you see him on the boat, he's clutching the, 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 he's clutching the, the rail on the boat. He, Carla is essentially doing most of the work. And then he sees her. He gets his personality back and he's like, no, this is my niece. This is my partner now. I just love it how he just like dives head in and goes to get her. Um, what a, oh. One of the other bits that I actually just thought was hilarious was what every all of the one of the dreamers we go through, like the the dancer, the mobster, and Emmett, we see them all wake up and see what they are in real life. Like you see, like I love how the the, the city is just his playthings, but my favorite, of course, was the dancer who's really a nun. Yeah, that was funny. I, I really love I love that
0: uh the Canadian guy and the and the Dapper guy run away from the nightmare Mm -hmm. when they see like the dapper guys like oh she like dives into the toilet and they all come through to the to the um the truck uh the the truck i had that was i love that they all went they all like ran through the doors together
3: yeah it's a great (laughs) or even or even when she's like who drives a garbage truck hey at least this is original it's a little kid playing with his toys i'm driving my truck
1: yeah that was that was such a good I'm driving my truck. Yep. <laughs> very cute. Um Yeah, I I I really I really like what they did with um capturing Flip. I Flip is like not a bad person, but he's definitely like morally askew. Mischievous? Yeah, very mischievous. That's that's very key to who he is. It, like this idea of like a chill child friendly Beetlejuice is very accurate of like who flip has always been. And I think they they realize that very well with Jason Momoa here. Um I, I I just really enjoy that. But I think Chris O'Dowd is doing a great job too because he's turning in this performance where like he's he's writing this line of like he's being funny in a way where he knows that like how to land the perfect and actually the story's about a doorknob.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and <laughs> Kind of joke. And he's like, oh, we were just at the most interesting part. He's a lot like um. A person who's uh been grayed out in halloween town 2 uh the the (laughs) channel film uh where they completely like the the monsters lose their personality they turn into these gray human beings who are like do Do these socks match and like just focus on that kind of stuff and i think they do a good job of that like but like this idea that he's not he's not empty, right? He's just he he can feel things, he just can't feel things fully. He's, not he's empty. feeling he's something follow. he's feeling something for her but he can't really engage with it. Can't he's not all it. there. Yeah, and I, th- I thought that was just so... He says
0: that he says that throughout the movie of how he doesn't do feelings, you know, he doesn't talk about feelings and he thinks they're, it's overrated, like why should we talk about feelings? And and the thing that kills me is like they're both going through the same thing they, they both lost this person and one of them can't connect with those emotions uh because of something that happened because of the tra- uh, the tragedy the trauma of his of him leaving which split flip uh, flip from philip uh, and the girl and nemo can't uh and nemo is trying is alone because of it even though Chris Christodoulos is trying like she can't connect with him on an emotional level uh like she can with flip and she so she is is like is like struggling with him even even more and i thought that 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 comes across in the script really well
1: um if i had a negative that uh, i would say i think that um it's not a huge one but i just i don't think we even needed to bother introducing the other kids at the school if we weren't going to do anything with them yeah, so, yeah. Um, like we just the only thing that really happens with them is that he maybe
2: tattles on her. Oh, he did tattle on her. Oh, yeah. Jamal and the, and the zombie yeah, squad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought they were going to be friends. And then, like, it's just have a callback later of her doing it so that she was with them. But they don't actually ever hang out. Yeah. You never see them hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and the fact that, like, that's not even, like, linked to a way of her, like, connecting to more of the world or, like, making friends or that kind of thing. That's not part of what the story is. They don't show that at the end. So I just kind of didn't need them. We could have done her being at school. We could have done her talking to the counselor, but like, don't even bother introducing the kids if they yeah. don't mean anything to the story. Yeah. And the counselor was important enough where she kept showing up. The counselor's important. Yeah. The school, the idea of going to school is important, but like, the kids added nothing. They just didn't do anything for the story. I expected that we were going to see them in some capacity, either in dreams mm-hmm. or we were going to see them uh, be a part of how she like starts reaching out, out socially uh, towards the end of the film. Neither of those things happened. So I'm like, eh, just cut them, yeah. cut them from the film.
0: I really like the idea that the school has an app. Look, I come from a low from a low tech school. Uh, from back in my back in my day. Um, but uh, to see like she could just like oh I'm just checking my schedule I'm a, I'm absent. But it's like she just makes herself absent. I thought that was really funny.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been nice to have 20 years ago.
3: Right, I know, right? What? A uh, what oh yeah, I actually do like the school counselor, especially in the end when Philip gets his memory back. He's like <laughs> flirt, flirting with her hardcore, takes her watch, and she's like. No, I need that watch back, and she's like, "Call
2: me." Oh God, that's
0: that was pretty good. The the thing is, like, I was watching this movie. um, I I I was I was I had recollected myself after the after the turn, and um, I was fine. And then, and then Nemo runs away to go home, which you know that's do you know what's going to happen? It's going to be a problem because it's a storm, and when the wave hits the pig off the boat
4: pig.
0: i started guys i cannot explain to you i have not cried as heavily as i ever have in a movie as i had in this movie it is i, I truly believe i've not been openly sobbing to this extent as soon as that pig gets flown off that boat I was heartbroken. Uh, I just kept yelling, like, "Save the pig! Save what I was I was yelling at the screen, sobbing.
1: Look, look I'm not gonna compete. I wasn't there, <coughs> but I do know
0: how much you cried at Coco. So I
1: that's fair. I remember that.
0: That's fair. I'm in a different emotional state than that was. Yeah, this true. is probably yeah, not we, the best we, movie. This is probably not the best movie for me to watch right now. Or it was
1: a great movie for you to watch. Or it knows? was a great movie. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I just remember Coco was, a was a devastator. Mm-hmm. Um, Coco,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I was so happy with Pig. Pig was such a nice appearance. Um, I'm so glad that Pig didn't
2: talk. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, would yeah. have ruined the movie. He's so need, cute. Yeah, I don't need every Pixar
0: side character to talk. That that is is the character to
3: talk.
0: He's this the cutest thing. Every that time he, cute. every time he spit something up, I was excited. I was like, yeah, hey, pig.
3: Mm-hmm. The cutest stuffed pig I've ever seen in my entire life. I'll buy I'll buy that merchandise.
0: Oh, and I love and I love the end. I love the end when they when she goes to bed and then you just see the, the pig's ear flip. Ah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. oh, so good. Man, this movie's good. People are mean.
2: Yeah. Um one of the one of the reviews that I read were like, it it's the the editing is so choppy and the CGI is so poor that it was incomprehensible at times. Word for word, that's what it said. And I'm huh. like, I just don't know what movie y'all watched. I just I just don't I just I just don't see I comprehended all of
1: it, frankly. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Uh the, the critic response is had now that I've seen it is baffling. And me. like I
2: critic responses, audience responses, like whatever, like that audience response is really high. And I'm like, Yeah, because this, this is a, good movie. This is a good movie. this is a good
1: movie. This is a good movie. How much talk about. It's an emotionally engaging story. It's a wonderful, wonderful childhood narrative. Yeah. Um the the reveal is Powerful. Powerful and pitch perfect. Yeah. And like, it, it works so well in the film and you have all the, it, it, it's mm-hmm. it's what every good reveal needs to be, which is you have all the pieces that you could suspect or figure it out beforehand. Um, but when it hits, it hits.
2: Uh, and I think that's so, so wonderful. I'd have to um, think about the rest of this year, but this is definitely like, in terms of reveals, like top one or two, I'd, I'd have to think about what other big things happen, but like in terms of like, oh my God like i was sobbing yeah dang
3: 88 right now it's 37 percent, and audience score is 88 percent. yeah
2: yeah
1: that's, it, that's it, crazy it, it recontextualized the entire movie and that was that was awesome like that you you like you said the movie felt like it was going to be one type of story and then all of a sudden it was a whole different ball game
2: of a story yeah um <laughs> it's almost like a gut punch like you don't expect it and that's it's one of the so things good. is like
1: this is to me this is truly like because I was very nervous because I like, like then, I really, really love that, that animated film. It's one I've loved from my childhood. And um, for me, it was very much looking at this and being like, Jason Momo seems like he can be flipped, but I don't know much like what else is going to really capture what I liked about that in this film. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, honestly, not that much. However, the spirit of it is there and it's truly adapting it in its own way into a narrative I found, frankly, more compelling Um And uh, that's no knock on the source material, but, like, there's something so, you know, like, they found the art of a narrative in this story that didn't already exist. And I really, really like it. They took all the tools and pieces that they had from the source material and told something wholly new that is deeply, deeply resonant. 100%.
0: I really I think Jason we've talked about it before, but I do think Jason Momo is great. The way he portrays Flip is really fun. He's constantly moving, he's constantly touching his belly. Um he's constantly having... belly
1: button it's a very it's a very physical performance.
0: Yeah, it's something that I haven't quite seen. It's something I haven't quite seen from him, frankly. Um, being this physical and and honestly being this good. Like he's really good in this movie. Um, and I, I really I, one of the sequences that I really like is when they're drying themselves off after uh, being being under the water um, and they start doing like a dance like you know they're bonding over this dance and the pig is doing it too but over the backpack I was like oh pig
2: oh there, there's <laughs> there's two instances where they're like cool 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 what do they say or it's like um stay uh, stay cool stay cool stay cool yeah 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 and then they hey, run you, you like to party oh yeah I like to party oh, oh, I yeah. like to party so hard Yeah, in this <laughs> yeah. like a giant empty city I love to party <laughs> the 11 year old yeah the the comedy's really good <laughs>
3: Uh, <sighs> sorry, sorry, while you guys were talking, I was like trying to I uh, was going through some of the, the critics' reviews and I'm just like, what the hell are these people smoking?
2: Not what we were smoking. Yeah.
1: No, obviously um, not. Uh I I saw this movie totally sober and it was very effective to me. I think high probably would have been even more so, but um, <laughs> yeah, totally sober. Yep, and I thought it was great. Um, I think that uh the like the first appearance of Flip is very good. The the like hiding in the closet and like I'm just one of those things that happens in dreams. Don't worry about yeah. it. Um, yeah, wow, like, that didn't work. <laughs> he's like he's like what? Don't do. i am washing dishes. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> and then um the double knock moment when she pulls that back on him oh. and the way he like again I'm highlighting how good Jason Momoa is that he he does the full blown. <gasps> What was that? <laughs> Did you do that? <laughs> um, he's he's, he, I I keep likening it to Beelzebub, but it's it's how fully formed his performance feels in in crafting this character that he he's developed an entire physical language with him. Um, he's willing to just completely go for it in the best ways. Uh, the ears
2: are always moving around.
1: Which God, is the huge. ears are, but they're so subtle. Yeah. Like they're not they're not definitely like a kind of remind me of Sweet Tooth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, With the with the Uh, ears. There's one bit in the city where his toes finally move and do do a thing and draw your attention to it. Um, I think he's just he's he really everyone in this is great. Jason Momoa, it was just such a thrill to see him care so much about doing this well and um, having fun and it's, it's just so important with this character to have fun and I think yeah. he does a good job with, with the, the sincere moments too when when he is
0: upset that she
1: is in danger
0: mm-hmm. I really appreciate when a movie can pay off a cliche happy ending in a way that doesn't make me roll my eyes um, and I I when she's just like yeah, that's a very special pig you got maybe squeeze it and I was just like I was I, I've never rooted for the cliche ending so much right. to happen like i was I was so invested I was like, yeah he, he did get another pearl. you do get to see your dad yeah, that was that it was done really
1: sweetly and it was done in a way where like you know, she can see her dad when she knows that it's it's time to say goodbye yeah uh and that's that's when she can see her dad and that kind of thing. but the way highlighting what you said what they did so well about like doing cliche ending is that you know, I saw coming from a mile away when she has the pearl based on her conversation with Agent Green that she says being brave means doing the right thing in spite of fear and what's the right thing? The right thing is restoring her uncle Mm -hmm. with the wish instead of wishing for her dad. That's the non-selfish thing to do and when she does that she'll have conquered the octopus nightmare Mm -hmm. and that happens. Visually that happens but I'm so grateful that when Agent Green showed up later she didn't state that to her like she had fear out like it doesn't tell you that's what happened yeah like it doesn't reiterate the point you saw it if you were paying attention agent green told you and it did it and it happened and you should have it I'm so glad that it wasn't the kind of movie where it talked down to its audience where it's like and there you go you did the thing you know what the thing is oh the thing is that you were brave by wishing for your uncle to be restored in the face of the fear you had, And here
2: is your
3: reward. Good job.
1: Reward. Yeah. None of that happened. And I was so happy because that honestly would have been a total buzzkill on the film. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Rate it? Yes. Sure. And
2: now that I know this guy is directing the Bioshock movie for Netflix, I am a 100% more confident. Um, Just visually, I'm not, I'm not as worried. Uh, uh I'm going to give this movie a nine. I was pleasantly surprised. I had a great time. Um, it makes me want to check out the source material because, like, I really like what was given to me here. Um, yeah, I'm I'm so interested. Like, I know Jessica Mimosa Very different. has has so many things coming out, but like, I'm really excited for for Marlo Barkley's career. Uh, I think she's exceptionally talented. Yeah, uh, can't wait to see more of her. Nine out of ten, great Netflix movie. Sparks. Yeah, I would I would agree. I'd also give it a nine. I think
1: that it's a. Uh... I think it's really really good. I think that um, it's charming, it's sweet, it's emotional, um, it's very funny, uh, and it's visually most of the time a splendor. Um, Like even when the CGI might falter, the way they've realized Dreams is creative. I'm very grateful for the fact that all the dark scenes were really well, I think, color graded and well lit. Mm I think the movie's framed well. We, we talked a little bit earlier about other movies where where like, where like the position of the camera isn't thought about, and I felt like this movie was thought about mm-hmm. in its crafting. Um, maybe not super exceptional, but I, like, everything about this piece sings together very well. Um, yeah, I'm just overall very, very pleased with it, so I think it truly deserves a nine. Oh, and uh, I mentioned a while ago many weeks ago that I had the opportunity to talk with the Foley artist who I knew, even though they couldn't say it in the room was for this movie because I saw on the spreadsheet that they were sharing for one of the scenes uh, that it said uh, uh, stuffed pig mm. sound. And I was oh. like, i'd seen the pig in the trailer and they talked about for this film trying to come up with the sound effect for the butterflies and everything mm-hmm. um, oh right, butterflies right. don't really make sound and so i knew that was slumberland And so they shared a few details about trying to craft that butterfly sound and i think they did a good job yeah Beautiful. Awesome.
0: <coughs> real quickly apparently um uh marlo barkley was one of the voices for the mouse guard film
1: oh um, that's a
2: shame
0: yeah uh I- Oh she oh she had another movie that came out the same weekend, Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell.
2: Spirited, the, right, the Apple the
3: Apple one.
0: Yeah.
3: Cool.
2: Yeah. Is that out now? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh. oh.
3: Oh. Uh so for this movie I give it an 8.5. I still think this is a solid film. Um I I would definitely say like yeah, the CGI bumps here and there are kind of eh, but The story is there. The humor is there. And like Brandon said, I mean, yes, it is the cliche ending, but also like what Sparks said, you don't get it explained to you. She does the right thing without having it being spelled out for her. So I still say this is a fantastic movie. I don't know what the heck these critics are mad about. I still I'm like, man, this is whimsical. I love it. 8.5, you said? 8.5. So, um... Just to talk a
0: little bit, of, uh, just to bounce off real quick. Sparks talks about the color grading. I agree wholeheartedly that this film, especially the dark sequences, are color graded very well. There's the bit in World War II that looks great. Um, the by bi- the airplane under the ocean in the nightmare sequence is awesome. You can see everything that's going I think, on. I think specifically all
1: the underwater stuff is realized very well while still showcasing a a storm and be dark. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I love this. I mean, I was emotionally devastated by this. Um, honestly, this might end up on my top 10 list this year.
1: Um, I,
0: I really, 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 really loved this. Um, and I'm, I frankly am shocked that I did. I did not really know what I was prepared, what I was getting myself into when I started the movie. It's a nine. Honestly, it could be a 9.5. I don't know. It sounds like it could be a 10 for
1: you. I mean,
0: I don't know. I got to think about it a bit. I'm confident with a nine or a 9.5, but who knows? Uh, all right. Shall we do a book club? It is my turn on the fake nerd book club FNBC. That sounds like a network. Um <laughs> Welcome to the FNBC. My name is Brandon T. McClure, and tonight's top story. Um, I picked Orphan and the Five Beasts by James Stokoe. Written, drawn, inked, lettered, James Stokoe. Um I am a big fan of James Stokoe. I really like uh, most of his work that I've read. Frankly, all of his work that I read. I was not aware that this wasn't a four-issue miniseries. <laughs> so when it ended, uh, I was like... Oh, there's going to be more, I guess. There is. I mean, there has to be because, like, the where
3: it ends. He's working on it right
2: now. He already announced it.
3: Um, but I enjoyed it. What did you guys think? I also enjoyed it, and I was also very confused at the end because I'm like, "There's only four. There's more, right?"
0: I was. It like, does say. It does say at the end here. Mo's orphan Mo's story doesn't end here. Our adventure continues in the next arc coming soon.
2: If you bought these single issues. Issue four said it was the conclusion.
3: Yeah. So
2: I understand why people were mad when issue four came out. Uh, But that's that's. uh, I think this book's really cool. I think it's great. I I honestly like it. It's hard to talk about this book because it's only orphan and the two beasts. Like it's (laughs) it's barely a story. It's barely a story so far. Honestly, like it's got great art, and I can highlight the art all day long. But besides that, like it's really cool that like I love the idea of the story. Like it's very it's very it feels like like very anime like we have we have these group of villains and we're gonna learn about them and beat them and move on to the next one right um but we only get two and and what i got i really liked uh, uh i i just desperately wish there was more
3: me too i was like how because after we got to thunder thighs i'm thinking how are we gonna squeeze in the other four beasts and then we get to issue four it's like we only got two where's the other three yeah the and then that's because when I was reading this, I was like, okay, it can't only be four issues. And then I looked it up. I was like, Oh, it is only four issues. Dot, dot, dot. That doesn't make any sense. The story's not over yet. Yeah. There was a, him a while to get to it.
0: There was a large gap between issues one and two. Um, James Stokoe, wonderful artist uh, does take his time. Um, and you can see it in the detail. Like it's good that he does because the detail yeah. in, in, in his pages are fantastic. He's he is so, he is so detail oriented while still being crazy. Um, with his art style, uh, Godzilla: The Half Century War had a had uh, massive delays between uh, three and four, and then four and five. Uh, I believe five came out a year after the first issue. Um, again, because like he, you know, you know, he's 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 doing this. He's doing the book on his own,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's great art. Sparks, you haven't said anything.
1: Yes, I agree. I think that the art is the the major highlight for sure. But I also <coughs> do like the setup of the beast i think one of my favorite things about it is the concept of the five as the Mm -hmm. shadow figures that we don't see i think that's awesome Um, and the fact that like as we get them revealed to us like once we get to the issue about um uh chopper chopper tang and then thunder thighs is now revealed to us among the shadows so when we're looking at the flashback stuff he's now seen because we've already encountered him but the rest are still mysteries and i really like that kind of unfolding premise yeah i think just the visual art of like the wolf uh that they fight initially in the flashback ryan's got the picture there so do i oh yeah um i think is really good yeah the banded
2: king like has like a pumpkin head look uh, i think there's
1: i think there's some super bizarre and fun humor um arguably uh, maybe a little too violent f- for my taste from time to time. Um, but outside of that, like the idea of the the little man popping out of the thunder thighs. Is <laughs> yeah, I got that. Super, super good. Um, I love his line. You've
2: got moves sister, but not the beef.
1: I've got that as well here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you've got so some, funny. Th- some really good humor. I've also got this one part highlighted, which I just couldn't get over, which is uh, uh, one of the bandit men. Picking his nose, and when he's oh, told can't, he's like pulling bleh. the bugger down in a really super gross way, saying, Oh, yeah, can't. Um, which I thought was really, really funny. And then one that I didn't get I, saved to my iPad, but
2: uh, got uh, cool bug man very that right. was like, Oh, hey, Bloodborne's in this. And that's a
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a uh, well, you talked about Thunder Thighs, um, the little head that comes out of Thunder Thighs. I really like, um, even when he's revealed to be alive. Um, he goes, thought cutting me in half would slow me down, huh? Thought you could stop thunder thighs? You just cut off the dead weight, fool. Like the entire half of his body is just dead
2: weight. Uh, uh, when or- when the orphan leaves to start her journey, uh, I love that. Uh, I forget what her master's name is, but she- he's like, Orphan Moe, ahead of you, demons walk the earth, go and become an emissary for hell.
0: And I am like that's pretty baller. That's pretty badass. Oh, yeah. that's his that's his that's her master uh, <coughs> behind his grave. Yeah. Uh I thought that was so cool like the ghost of his master of her master, sorry. Um was 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 saying all that. I thought that was really fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was powerful imagery and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really like the details of the the flashback stories from the master about who they were. That's and my and favorite how we part. get that. I think that's really nice and I'm glad we get like an issue to flesh that out. Um essentially I really, uh, I could not help but hear James Hong's voice for Chopper Tang. Yeah, yeah. me um, too. That's, that's um, all I heard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, I really enjoy uh, the part where, um, God, what is it that happens? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the throwing stuff around and um, oh, the, the meat drops on the ground and all of uh, Chopper Tang's oh minions go for the meat on the ground he's like mind your manners this is a respectable establishment And he just <laughs> i could hear james hong specifically for that line mm. uh saying it and i thought that was really good the the art is super gruesome and honestly like there's two things i i really want to highlight this is one of my favorite little things that james that they do with the art um which is this one shot with the chopper tang issue where uh, the sword slashes oh, the exclamation point bubble, yeah. which oh. I think is
3: super good. Yep. Yep. Um,
1: especially in art this good, it looks great. And then the finale of this issue, where uh, the boiled up hand reaches out and it's like, "Oh no, still alive!" And then he reaches out to season himself, crumble, <laughs> and puts it back in. <laughs> that was so, so good. Like the humor, oh. the
3: humor is really good. I I want to give a huge highlight to how this story is written and how. It, it's like a base I don't want to call it a basic kung fu story but I do love how you have the old master who says you and um his last pupil who in this case is orphan mo and he tells her it's like look you're the one who has mastered the of all five aspects of the art it's kill Bill. and and it's like and you are not going to be corrupted because of people who have mastered the art before my five pupils before you have mastered certain aspects of the art, but they all become corrupted somehow. And I love how in each time we fight a beast, essentially we see how they became more and more corrupted. And one of the biggest, Oh shit moments was when Mo figures out that the meat is people meat, yeah. but an even bigger, Oh shit moment is the next page where it's, uh, Chopper Tang covering his own arm, yeah. And now, he grows it back I knew, like a...
0: Now I knew it was people meat, but I yeah. didn't know it was going to be from his arm. Neither yeah, that's did this, I. That's
2: the actual reveal because I think we all assumed there's cannibal shit going on, but we didn't realize. Oh, he's doing he, it's his own feet and he's growing it back. Oh God! Love yeah, there's
0: it. this there's this shot of of like the eye of his eye like peeking through Norman Bates style, uh, watching uh, watching the people eat. I thought that was very creepy. Yeah. yeah i i really enjoyed this i i when i picked it i thought it was complete and so like i kind of felt like i read an incomplete story and that's a really that's a that's a bummer it doesn't feel like this was a a natural stopping point um yeah. for the story yes.
2: even if it was an, an arc it, it ends doesn't... on a it
1: ends on a solid note yeah but yes it yeah. doesn't feel like an arc yeah
0: yeah yeah so i uh, like i just kind of feel like the arc is unfinished and uh that's really the only the only issue i have with this uh yeah. i i, I would have liked this a whole a lot a lot more if, if there was more of it so I would... uh,
2: uh, i was gonna say real quick uh hit the last note was february 2022 i'm working on the next volume don't worry so it's probably coming out sometime next year sometime okay yeah
3: i mean yeah. i'm hoping i'm glad he's working on the next volume because this is truly fantastic and i will part of me wants to get get it all in trades but also another part of me wants to wait to trade wait for like the entire collection if it does come out because this is dark horse right yeah yeah, hopefully dark horse will put all these in one thing so it's the entire story of orphan and the five beasts i'm hoping that the next one is orphan the five beasts volume two mm-hmm. so because when i read this i thought oh this arc is just orphan the five beasts and then we only fight the second one i'm like but where's the rest so it's not going to be called orphan and something 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 else
1: Please. i told i told ryan that i suspect very much that we're going to have two issues uh, for the next, each, for the next two beasts, so two and two, and
0: then three for the last, for the final beast.
3: Yeah, I can see that. Okay, I'm a, I'm cool with that.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really have any more to say about this, honestly. Oh, no, it,
3: I will say, Brian, this is a fantastic pick, because the story is really great. I love it. I yeah. Just like you, I felt like, where's the rest of I'm like, it? I'm like Zuko. You know what, who I felt like? I felt like Zuko in Avatar Last Airbender, where he's like, that can't be it. Where's the rest of it? I, I, uh, like, I will even only even say... Like,
2: Dune, reading Dune, like the first the first half of Dune, and the stopping. Like,
0: oh, there's more. I will only say that uh, I appreciate you saying that, Ben. But I picked better. Um, any final thoughts on 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 Orphan and the Five Beasts? Yeah, I, I really, still really like I, it. I, I really overall like it. I think it's a good premise. I think
1: that it it goes wild places. I think like it could be it could easily have been a very generic story, but the decision to go with things like. It's Chopper Tang cutting up himself and like pushing arms out of his own mouth and out of his own chest and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Super gross. And super oh crazy. yeah. I love that stuff. Or yeah. like the, the little man <laughs> part appearing out of Thunder thighs, <laughs> lower half is really good. and takes it that extra notch up. And again, like the humor hitting and the art looking so
2: good is a big selling point. So I really just want to see the rest of it. Yeah. The only, the only negative is, is that I wish I had more to read. Yeah.
0: All right. Next week it is Sparks's turn. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So what we're going to do, we are
1: not doing the original Little Nemo comic. What we are going to do is Little Nemo by uh, Frank Pei. Uh, Pay was doing a tribute to the work of the original from 1905, Windsor McKay. So this is a later work adaptation, interpretation of Little Nemo. Um, okay. That I think will be more more palatable to us because I don't think necessarily we're all going to get a huge kick out of reading a 1905 comic. So we're going to read something a little more updated in its interpretation of Little Nemo. Um, this is also more of a fully fledged comic because Little Nemo started as a comic strip in a paper in the Herald. Um, so it, it ran, you know, very, very small pieces that ultimately came together in, in later time as a complete book work. This is a book. Gotcha. Cool. Okay
0: very cool stay tuned for that as well as next week's topic which will be disney animation's latest film strange worlds strange Ooh,
2: Worlds. i'm excited
0: um cool all right guys thank you to everyone who does a uh, sorry like this video subscribe to this channel uh you can check out all sorts of shows on this channel if you do so and if you're not but you know please do um you can check out of course our fake nerds watch series i mentioned it up top house of the dragon has, has finished its first season uh so that there's 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 that entire discussion now and and or we just did the penultimate episode of our fake nerds watch and or uh season one discussion which you can find the link below plenty more if you want to see more fake nerds watches there's tons more if you want to see more that we want to do later we're probably going to do willow we're pretty sure we're doing willow we're definitely doing Willow. i don't know one of those pick one of those things I won't Um, won't say for sure because of the holidays exactly what schedule we'll be on with Willow, but
1: we will be doing Willow to some capacity.
0: Yeah. Uh, Of course, you can also check out Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade is our video game let's play series. Um, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, our video game discussion series, which you can check out. Um, Figner Book Club and Animation Station are also shows you can find on this channel. Again, if you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, Mag in the chat says goodnight. You're the best, Mag. Good. Always appreciate it. Uh, you can, of course, find uh, our Patreon and our Tea Public if you, want to, if you want to support us financially. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you did, you can find those links below or on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. Thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. We appreciate all of your support. Um, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who did all the music you heard here tonight, as well as all the music for our other shows. You can find him on on Instagram at Jeremy Velucci keyboard sorry at Jeremy Velucci underscore wreck of time his new album is out now you can check that out from sand part 2 wreck of time uh, of course you could also check out his podcast Suburban Proctologist on iTunes or suburban proctologist official on Facebook or subproc podcast on Instagram thank you to Mike Matola Mike Matola is a very good friend of ours we love collaborating with him um he does some of our logos and uh, other things that you can check out on this channel you can find him on Instagram and TikTok at Mike Matola. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. guys at gmail.com. I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also find me writing for Screen Rant, KaijoramaMedia.com, and AtomicGeekdom.com.
3: Ben? You can find me trying to be the very best that ever was, and if the frame rate actually works out the way I want to, at BenMac27, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me, Ryan, for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein at d dark which is the Dungeons & Dragons podcast I'm a part of. Sparks? Uh, you can find
1: me, uh, just catch me on the flip side in Slumberland, at mm. SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter,
2: SPARKZWitty. Witty. Ryan? Oh, man. I got nothing witty to say tonight, y'all.
0: At DJ Tony Snark 616. All right, guys. Uh, hey, there's not that many shows left, so thanks, guys. We, we love you guys. Uh, not that many shows left in the year. Coming up soon. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next time we see us, guys, stay fake, nerds.